Blog Talk Radio.
judgment comes upon the law. No time to waste, run to the cross. Drunk old lies of this age. Feels too smart to believe. Trade their future for the lust. Blindly passing, they call you to join them. Fall into the order that Satan has designed. Men getting ready to sell their soul for a chance to receive his mark. sound check I made some changes to the system here and I don't want to dork things up so I'm depending on uh, Kimberly Meir I'm depending on Vera Binney's I'm depending on Justin Bruneau um, he's I'm so far I've got I sound live and great I'm looking I got I can hear you but anyway um, sounds great from uh, Walter, West Coast Walter. Vera says it sounds good. Uh, Jim Boyer sounds says it sounds good. All right, so I had made some. There's um, the reason why I did this is because there's no. Most of y'all probably, you know, 37 year people that worked on computers all your life and stuff like me, and so I noticed that there were humongous changes made between um, the Windows 10 operating system and the Windows 11 operating system, and I thought to myself, well, maybe some of the problems that I've been having which are many, uh, between myself and Blog Talk Radio and the studio equipment that I set up. Um, <clears throat> you know, maybe there's adjustments that are available in Windows 11 that are that will work properly as compared to the um, sound settings in Windows 10 that historically have not worked properly. Um, it's a long, long story, and I'm not going to waste your time with that. Um, as a matter of fact, I was kind of assembling the program tonight, and I realized that I set myself up for <laughs> a big failure, um, only in the sense that um, it would be my hope and dream um, that what I would share tonight to some people who have been listening to the program for a long time and remember, wow, the dozens and dozens of hours of programs that we did with Brother Zen Garcia, the many, many guests that we had prior to 2016, like uh, Pastor Barry Downing, the author of the book UFOs in the Bible, um, 
you know, the we have had so many blessed, amazing, impossible to get guests on this program. Uh, Dr. David Jacobs, who uh, was doing, a, I don't even know if he's still alive, but he had developed an expertise in hybridized humans to explain the phenomenon associated with essentially grays uh, for the most part. Um, it, 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 essentially, for the most, babies were being implanted into the wombs of women, and then they would lose the babies. They would figure out, oh, gee, I, and then they wouldn't remember anything. And then uh, Dr. David Jacobs from Temple University went and did a huge study, wrote, wrote more than one book on the subject, and did traveling tours, came on the radio show. And uh, anyway, long story short, uh, he nailed that, and I've been able to confirm that through. But where I'm heading with this, is I was writing down a bullet-pointed list. At first, I thought, well, I'm just going to fly by the seat of my pants and just see what comes out. And then I said, nah, you know what? I'm going to write down a chronology of the things that happened to me from a testimony standpoint to try to stitch together a bigger story. Then, as I started to do that, I realized as I was completely out of I had no no place to write anymore. So right now my desk is so full of books, so full of papers, so full of notes, so full of bullet pointed lists, so full of information that if I had ten shows to do this one subject, it wouldn't even begin to be enough. And um uh and 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 then you have the problem with T M I too much information. Because the average human can only retain approximately thirty percent of the information that they intake. Now, is there a variable between reading books or listening to the testimony of somebody or whatever the case is? And the other problem is when you're listening to the testimony of an individual, it's their story. It's not necessarily your story. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, we were very, very blessed and have been very, very, very blessed over, wow, 5,000 shows, 12 years of time. To have testimonies of incredible Christians coming on the program and – um those testimonies were, wow, very, very deeply emotionally touching. Okay, and so they, you know, and, and um, for example, I had Sister Lori uh, write me today, and she said uh, it, it was kind of a, I don't know, it, it was a little bit of a confusing email at first, but, but she, when she got to the bottom of the email, she said, can you send me two radio shows that I can send as links? you know, to people to help to wake them up and get them prepared for Jesus to come. She didn't put all those words in it, but that's what she was getting to, to use to witness with. And I, and I, I, it was, it was kind of sad, heartbreaking, really, because, um, you know, what I told her was the truth. I said, sadly, um, there are no radio shows that will help. I said, I, I know with great assurance after 12 years and over 5,000 radio shows, no matter what you do, what you say, what you think, what you communicate with them, it's not going to work. I said, unless the person comes from a Pentecostal or of Assembly of God background and strongly believes in prophecy and knows their Bible really, really well, it will still not even work. I said, in fact, uh, doing so actually has the reversed effect. People go into denial. They go and they outright reject it. They follow the pillow prophets of, you know, I'm not going to name the list that I told her about, but there's lots of pillow prophets and seven mountains folks out there, doing, you know, telling people all kinds of things like they're having tea with Jesus. And then they come back and give, you know, really years and years of incorrect prophecies. 
Um, and so what I did was I sent her a link to the show notes, but then it hit me. I went back and, and, you know, I went back to her and I said, Hey, you know what? Because if you, if you have a link to the show notes, you have hundreds of pages of unbelievable testimony. And then you can just cherry pick through it because the, the fish that we're fishing for are all different. When you fish for a shark, you do one thing. When you fish for a sunfish, you do another thing. When you fish for a grouper, you do another thing. You know, you don't always bait your hook the same way. You've got to know the fish that you're trying to catch. You know, and just standing on this, you know, I have a little uh, tagline in my email that's been there for years, which just came to me, I guess, through the Holy Spirit. It just popped in my head. We are fishers of men. Fishers do not bang gongs and scream, to, scream at the fish. They wisely bait their hooks and capture the imagination of the fish. So I've never been a fan of those who stand. I'm not picking on them. Good for them. There were the th- sons of thunder in the Bible. They were the ones that, you know, were pointed out, you know, biblically speaking, as, you know, they were the ones that had the megaphones. They were the ones that stood up on the rocks. They were the ones that yelled out into the crowds. So there is a place for that. And that's also captured in Jude, I think it is verse 23. Some uh, save with compassion, knowing the difference, and others save with, you know, uh, fear, uh, you know, hating the, you know, hating even their garment, the, the garment defiled by the flesh, you know, et cetera, and all that. So there's deltas associated with who your listening audience is, et cetera. So then I thought, oh, my gosh, it hit me. I, I had just put four new articles on tribulation-now.org, and um, the very first one you see is the real reason behind the mRNA vax. The next one you see is why are they the trans and Satanists after our children? The next one is Obama is running the White House as the Antichrist, destroying the West, and the information I have on there is I, I'm just adding stuff to these articles like almost daily. I have one entitled, uh, the fourth one down is, uh, Biden is a reptilian, indisputable proof with scripture. And it has masks. It shows a zoomed in version of his eyes so that you can see that they are like those of a viper. It quotes um, the scripture to support it, which is uh, the testament of um, Amran from the Dead Sea Scrolls. I saw watchers in my vision and I asked them, you, what are you? And they answered and they said, we have been made masters and rule over the sons of men. Isn't that something? Boy, look at the look at the government of the United States of Babylon the Great right now. Looks like that's a confirmation. And then it says, I raised my eyes and saw one of them. His looks were frightening, like that of a viper. Well, I just scrolled in on Biden and one of his many failed rubber mask attempts in his whatever. I don't want to get into a Biden thing. But anyway, you've got the confirmation from the one scene in the ABC miniseries. Or it was known as the ABC. TV series V for Visitors, but now it's just known as V for Visitors. Then I have bunches of other um, uh, videos of, um, you know, Biden and mask failures. I have added just today from David Wolf, who's extremely good. He's uh, He rats everybody out, and he's really good at what he does and uh, on Twitter. And um, he has – I threw it up there on that of masks, people wearing these rubber masks. And – it's a compilation of probably about, I don't know, six, seven, or eight people, maybe, maybe more, that are just wearing the mask, and then they just grab them just like a Mission Impossible scene, and they rip them off their head. Now, here's the thing. If the person is in denial, they're not going to accept it anyways. It's just that simple. They're going to go, oh, that's a Hollywood trick. I, I have dealt over the last 12 years of my life with more rejection from my own family, 
been called a liar endlessly, been besmirched, um, called, you name it. I mean, really, there really isn't anything. This is the perfect venue for me to have a broadcast uh, audience. And the reason is because I don't operate well when I've got people giving me lip. You know what I'm saying? It hurts my feelings. And when I have people saying things in the subject line of emails and accusing me of things which I know are wrong, I, and and um and then I think to myself, who does this person think they are? I have over hundreds and hundreds of people that are blocked on my Gmail because I just cannot function with satanic garbage being thrown in my face. I can't function like that. I'm too sensitive. And and you may say, say think to yourself, well. That's a bunch of baloney or whatever. Well, that's fine. Then you're just one of the folks that, you know, would attack me, okay, at some point in my walk. I've been attacked by more people. I'm not crying. I'm not boohooing. I'm not complaining. I'm just simply telling the very, very truth. I've probably been attacked by more people than anybody I know. I don't know anybody with a, maybe a couple of tiny exceptions that have been attacked as much as I have. Now, of course, that would be the case because – if you cross the aliens or demons line, if your brain, if your critical thinking skills look at the Spitzer Space Telescopes, if your critical thinking skills look at the um, even the Hubble, the Weiss, you know, or even uh, Stereo A or Stereo B, when you look at those telescopes and if you can walk away from those telescopes after you've looked out there and you're still satisfied – after now see and i've seen denial i kid you not and it's it's so mind frying that it's beyond ripping my spleen out with a shrimp fork i am so dumbfounded at the limitations that people establish now i remember my journey very well and my journey has been a long journey very long when I and um, I'm going to get into this in in, in a little bit, um, so I, I'm going to attempt, praise God, to share with you the journey and some other evidence. But I'm looking at this. I, I was going through my books because I wanted to find a couple of books that were important, and I wanted to read some stuff out of them if I could, given the time. It's just <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, okay. So anyway, um, it, it ain't going to happen. I mean, all I'll be able to do is just kind of fly by the seat of my pants, try to present some information, maybe a little bit. It's mostly testimony. You know, if you say to somebody, hey, I saw a flying saucer, they're going to wonder, what do you say? You know, was it just one of those little lights in the sky? Was it an orb? Do you know what an orb is and what does it do? See, a lot of people think they know stuff, but they don't. Very, very few people, lots of people have what's called conjecture, okay, and they, they form an opinion, they believe a certain thing, such as aliens are demons, which is absolutely as false as false can be. It is incredibly false. And But I believed for a while, for a good long time, that aliens were demons. You know, I studied under Misler, for, I, just like everybody starts somewhere, right? And Chuck Misler did his little thing and said, oh, I think the spacecraft are interdimensional, and that was where he stuck. And he stayed right there. In fact, he lost his entire church in Northern California uh, that, that he started and then started Koinonia House. 
And remember, when I'm mentioning these folks, these folks are, I love them. These are not, I'm not bashing them. I'm not saying negative things about them. Everyone has to start somewhere in their journey. And in this particular topic area, very, very, very few Christians do any homework at all, any at all. Okay, so they get they form an opinion. They, you know, they might progress a little teeny weeny bit and they might get to the point where they they're kind of like, okay, now I get the fallen angel thing. And then they'll lock in on that because they got to be evil. All of them got to be evil. Right. I mean, you know, really, when you think about it, I mean, if you put a little bit of logic, if you use just a tiny, tiny little teaspoon, a tiny little teaspoon of your gray matter and you look at and you realize that there are trillions of galaxies, and that when they point the Hubble or any of those space telescopes into a blank black area of space, and they do what's called a bulb exposure, and that would only be a term that would be known by people who understand photography. A bulb exposure is where the photographic equipment that is photographing that particular black space is the, the aperture, if you will, is left open for five days, six days, 10 days, 15 days, whatever the case is. And and they're pointing it into a black area of space where these space telescopes can see nothing. And then after an exposure of 10 days, 15 days, whatever the case is, they go back and they look at the film and their minds are blown because they see trillions of more galaxies. Have you taken a look at our Milky Way galaxy recently? Do you have any idea how big that is? Do you have any idea how many planets are likely in the, the calculus associated with, with what they call exoplanets, planets that are similar to Earth, in just the Milky Way galaxy alone? And we're talking about probably hundreds, if not even more trillions of galaxies that are out there. Right now, we live in a society that has widely accepted that it has to be just common sense, fact, that there are otherworldly beings all over the universe because it really doesn't make any sense at all, even if you don't believe in God, even if you don't believe in Jesus, okay, at all, common sense would simply dictate that there has to be. The idea that the only life in the, all these universe, or, uh, trillions of uh, galaxies, okay, and there are multiple universes, uh, and, I, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to get into all that. Uh, oh, that, there goes another bullet point i got to add. Uh, oh, boy. Um, Howard Storm. I had a conversation with Howard Storm. If you haven't listened to Howard Storm's, type into YouTube, Howard Storm, just like a, like a snowstorm, Howard Storm. And um, type in the word like life in the universe or something like that. Howard Storm, life in the universe or something along that line. Now, remember that when you're doing research on anything, anything, there's always a margin of margin of error. It, it, I don't care if you're Einstein, it doesn't matter who you are. That is just a simple scientific fact regarding all research. Then we have 1 Corinthians 8, 2 in the Holy Bible that says, if anyone thinks they know anything, they know nothing yet, as they ought to know. Most Christians haven't even found aliens in the Bible. 
But there are aliens that are on God's side in the Bible. Clear as a bell. But I have literally shown those scriptures to people who have written several books that are very well loved and great Christians. I love them too. And they've rejected it. Because in their mind, it can't be. Simple as that. This simply can't be. There's no discussion. There's no take another look at it. There's no, hey, let's look at the Hebrew. None of that. It's just rejected outright. That's how it is. And therein sets the baseline for the journey that I'm going to try to take you on tonight. I cannot prove. Can, 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 can our last guest that we had on who is so precious prove to any of the listeners that 85 cents came out of the, the payphone? No, we can't. We take it at face value. We believe it because we believe. And blessed are those who believe who have not seen, said Jesus to the apostles uh, when he was addressing Doubting Thomas. Blessed are those who believe who have not seen. All right. And, and, and so anyway, could there be a lot of surprises? Yeah, there could. But there's got to be an explanation for different things that are in the Bible, such as, can you guide the sons of Arcturus? Well, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure that Arcturus is not located in heaven. Or, I'm sorry, not in heaven. That's a bad term. Let's just call it planet heaven. Okay, let's call it planet heaven. Most of the people that have gone to heaven, I'm not going to list names out. But am I saying it's only a – is it a planet? that has no multidimensionality to it? I'm not saying that. Is there a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth heaven? Could there be? Absolutely. Are there multiple dimensions? You better believe there are. Are there multiple universes? Well, according to Howard Storm, who sat in front of Jesus and had, you know, had the chutzvah to ask him straight up, tell me about aliens. And Jesus paraded alien beings of all different species and kinds in front of uh, Howard Storm, who, by the way, was an atheist. But he was taken to heaven. When he came back from heaven, he went down to South America. He joined missionary teams and spent the rest of his life as a pastor. I spoke with him for four hours. In person. You know what I mean? Just me and him talking about stuff. I know that 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 he is the real deal. I've had conversations with amazing people, 60 hours, 100 hours, one-on-one. Authors of many books that are so controversial and so advanced that 99.9% of Christians would throw it away and say, that's heresy which is pretty much what the reason that Pope Innocent used and, and, and all the other uh, popes that were sending people out to kill the early Christians, because they were heretics, you see. All right. So anyway, um, so basically what I've done tonight is pigeonholed myself into a corner of impossibility. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Um, and I'm just going to go fly, fly with it as best as I can. All right. Praise God. And I, I, like I said, I made some adjustments. I'm looking at some of the sound settings on my Windows 11 sound subsystem, and I'm surprised that they're not doing what they did on Windows 10. Um, but again, if you have, if you have a dream and your dream is to try in a desperate attempt in one of the most difficult times that the world has ever seen, to reach somebody, if they are not reached, this is just my opinion, 
If they are not reached, where in the world is my cursor? There it is. I'm going to have to change out and make it green and big because I'm getting too old for this. If they listen to, you know, if they look at the first four articles on tribulation-now.org. Thank you, Vera. Um, Then, and they are still not persuaded, okay? There's nothing you can do. And I say that with absolute authority. I know it as a fact. I because I've been there with in in my unique walk, I am exposed to everything. Total unbelievers, serial authors of books. Gosh, folks, I mean, my goodness, I could tell you stories that you just wouldn't, they would fry your mind. You would be like, no way. And I would, you know, if I told you the things that I heard that I have found out, the testimonies that were told to me off the radio about famous, famous people that Christians, it's just, it's astonishing. You would not believe it. You would not believe what I told you. But I won't, because our father told me outright, do not speak ill of my people. Never name names. Do like David Wilkerson. David Wilkerson would go on to TV shows, and he he would explain that these are the behaviors that you want to avoid. You know, if you hear Christians talking about this, you hear Christians talking about this. If you see, you know, Christians following pillow prophets. If you go out there and you type David Wilkerson pillow prophets, David Wilkerson Hello, prophet. There's a wonderful article that he did. And what he was doing was he was explaining that the Bible doesn't have any pillow prophets in it. The Bible doesn't have any pillow prophets in it. All the prophets, all the old, you know, the, all, the, all the prophets, all of them, Jeremiah, Isaiah, you name it. You pick, take your pick, Ezekiel. None of them sat there and exhorted and lifted people up. It's not that that can't happen. It can. But it is the rarest form of prophecy, and quite frankly, the churches that I have seen in the last 20 years don't even do it anymore. They're all gone. They've eroded. Satan has completely destroyed them. I had my own sister, my sister Paula, and she emailed me. I showed her proof that Biden is a reptilian. Okay, she's sending out some prophecy from the blankety-blank list with, you know, that I will not follow because most of them are Seven Mountains folks. And, um, and anyway, so and she's like, then I, sh- I showed her the proof about Biden, and she sends me an email, and she's like, Johnny, would you please take a look at this YouTube video of this church that's here nearby my house in Pittsburgh? Because I, I want to go to – and I, I wrote her back, and I said, Paula, I am sorry, but I, I can't do that. I can't do that because I have no faith in any church right now. The days are too dark. I don't want nothing to do with any of them. It's not that there aren't good ones out there if you are so blessed and if you can deal with the things that, you know, as uh, Sister Terry Hill put it, very – uh, astutely, um, I glean information, which is great. And she's found a pretty good one out there, which is great. Thank you, Jesus. I'm always glad when when there are pretty good churches out there. But if I can't have a conversation about Planet X, if I can't have a conversation about fallen angels, if I can't have a conversation about what's in Isaiah 13, if I can't have a conversation about the real understandings of the book of Revelation, if I can't have those conversations with the people in that church, I don't want anything to do with it. Because it will drive me nuts. 
because the, the last time I went to church, I took in a one, I printed out almost a half, it was about a half an inch, no, it was a full inch thick of evidence associated with Planet X, including video and, and, and photographs. And I took it in and I sat down with the pastor and I showed him some stuff and I said, look how close this is to Earth and all this kind of stuff. And he looked at me like I was a gray, like I was a gray alien. And I thought to myself, I have just completely wasted four ink cartridges probably uh, in, in all my time. Now I look like a horse's patoot to the guy. He probably is always going to think I'm some kind of a strange, freaky-deaky weirdo. And I'm thinking to myself, why did I waste my breath? What's the point? So anyway, um, that sets the groundwork for the journey that I'm going to attempt to take you on. It is one of experience, experience that you did not have. If you have been a regular listener of this program since 2011 in July when I started it back with Kenneth and his time with uh, Sejus and uh, Bill Cooper and all that kind of stuff you, and, and all the shows that we did with Zen, which I got to dig up some of the, a handful of those and get them back, you know, do some uh, best of programs or whatever the case is, then you have a pretty good foundation. You might have an exemplary foundation, praise God. Um, but if you haven't, been listening from 2011 to, say, 2015, which is where the bulk of those programs occurred, then um, <clears throat> your foundations, you're just going to have to take my word for it. Because what happens is the reason why George Norrie, as the host of um, you know, uh, Coast to Coast AM, the reason why George Norrie doesn't just do the George Norrie Alien Show is because nobody wants to hear what George Norrie has to say. They want to hear what his guests have to say. So when George is on there with another person who has had an unbelievable supernatural experience, and like Dr. David Jacobs or whatever the case is, or whoever he's meeting with, when those two people get together and start sharing notes, that's more than one testimony. Then you do it over and over and over and over and over again, thousands of shows, and you've got thousands of guests, and the thousands of guests collectively put together a story. And then the more testimonies that you have, the more believable the collective information becomes, which is why I have historically brought guests on the program. It's not because I don't know the sub. Now, of course, if somebody's going to heaven, I haven't been in heaven. I haven't met Jesus in person. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because what happens is I got a job, and that isn't my job. If I meet Jesus, then guess what my job is? To tell everybody about the story about how I met Jesus. For the rest of my life, till the day that I die, that is my job, to tell everybody about how I met Jesus. Period. End of story. That's how it works. If you're taken to heaven, you've got to tell everybody about that. The Lord knows that. The Lord gave me my job. He told me exactly what he wanted me to do, and he told me – so, so, but were you there? You weren't there. So essentially, I'm basically a Bible-thumping, tongue-speaking, you know, Holy Spirit-filled George Norrie. <laughs> okay? And, and, and that's the best I can do. I can't bring you on my journey. I can testify to my journey. I can read excerpts from books. I can show you how I connected the dots and how amazing it was. But what I can't do is I can't 
into your heart the shock, the mind-blowing, unbelievable, tears flowing out of my eyes, I, the journey, the journey. I can't do that. How do I take 12 years and put it into a single program and be able to convey through empathy, transfer of emotional experience, what I felt, what I experienced, the shock when the phone rang and it was Steve Quayle, the shock when the phone rang and it was Dr. Jerry Lee, the shock when the phone rang and it was uh, uh, Pastor Ken Klein, the shock when these things happened to me, the, 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 the multiple times that I was on Daniel Ada AM, the, uh, the, my, my, my request to go on to True News with Rick Wiles and all these things that have happened to me. At the end of the day, you weren't there. You didn't feel it. I can tell you about it. You might have heard one of the radio shows, it, but... This journey, it's a testimony, and I have lots of book information as well, and it cross-pollinates. These are different authors from different parts of the world that have nothing to do with one another, that use completely different uh, research methodologies, and it connects the dots, connects the dots, connects the dots, makes total sense. It's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. And I started writing everything down, and I thought to myself, oh, my gosh. And at the very last second, I kept my cool, and I, got, I was able to find my one book from Dr. Jerry Lee, The Seven Thunders Speak, The Manifest Chronicles Before Genesis. And he gave himself – anyway, I'm not going to get into all that. It's, he, was, he was very eccentric, but he had pretty good reason to. Um, and he claims and told me that he uh, – actually, he told Kenneth that he was taken to Arctur, Arcturus. So the sons of Arcturus in um, – the book of Job, can you guide the sons of Arcturus? What can you derive from that one statement? Well, first that you know that God is daring you. Can you guide the sons of Arcturus? Because God was saying it. But wait a minute. The sons of Arcturus? That means they're sons of who? Sons of God. Can you guide the sons of Arcturus? But wait a minute. They're on Arcturus. They're not on planet heaven. L.V. Zapata saw a planet. The list goes on and on. I could sit here and just one after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other. Uh, Dale, Dale Black, flight from heaven, a flight to heaven. Even in his testimony, which I did on the last prayer vigil, I read a big, big section of his, uh, from his book. Even he explained that it was like he was traveling at a high speed and stars were flying by him really fast. And I was like, no kidding, because they were. They were. Anyway, um, Dimitri Dudeman. I mean, the list goes on and on. The list goes on and on. I, I, I'll, I'll try to play that clip. Let me go ahead and write that down. Dimitri Dudeman. Uh, one of the, one of the um, uh, I'm going to put Angel Brothers to flag me here. All right, let's see. So that's about 30 bullet points, and each one of them has a story behind it, and so I don't know. It's, it's almost impossible. So anyway, um, praise God, the sound has maintained, and uh, I'm able to progress forward. The test has passed, it appears, which is good. Um, and maybe I even gained, I'm hoping, uh, 30 um, 30 um, percent more volume. Uh, which would be good because for whatever reason over the years, because of the way the studio's wired, 
there's been a delta in the volume from my microphone on the radio show to the to even people that would call in via a cell phone. And I could never figure it out. I went to Windows 10, couldn't fix it there. Now I'm in 11, made some adjustments, and it might have helped. I don't know. But anyway, on that note, let's go ahead and go into the news. Praise God. And let's go ahead and open with a prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, please, I'm going to focus tonight on tonight. Tonight's prayer on tonight. There's so much to pray for, Father. It's unlimited. And may we all pray for the lost and pray for one another as we're instructed to in the Holy Bible. Help us to understand, Father, that only out of love comes reward. Help us to understand that we have to love you, love Jesus as our first love more than anything. That relationship has to be truly a deep, loving, heartfelt relationship. And to focus on that relationship so that we can overflow with love and through love and love only touch other people's lives in a loving, kind way. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that if it is at all possible, and I believe that all things are possible with you, Matthew 19, 26, because my Bible says so, and I believe the word of Jesus. And I pray that even if it is only 30% retention or 50% retention or whatever that is, Father, I beseech you in Jesus' name that this testimony tonight, whatever I have time to read, Or explain, because in some cases I'm just going to have to explain it to save time, because as you know, Father, there's just not enough time. Please, Father, instill upon the spirits of people encouragement, instill upon the spirits of people and their souls and their minds an excitement. There's an excitement about who we are in the universe of beings. There's an excitement about understanding how big this is. There's no intimidation. Only intimidation comes in the beginning days when we first start learning about these things because we've been taught wrong for so long. And Father, we pray in Jesus' name that this testimony instills excitement, that it expands our cosmology, that it expands the universes, that expands the trillions and trillions of life forms, that it expands what it means for all of eternity to rule and reign with the Lord Jesus Christ, who is everything. 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 And we praise you for that, Father. Let us quickly move from intimidation Let us quickly move in Jesus' name to edification, and let us quickly move in Jesus' name to awe. Because when we arrive at awe, we barely begin to understand our Father. And we praise you from the very bottom of our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God.
Thank you, Jesus. All right, kids. All right. Yeah, I could see y'all looking at each other, <laughs> thinking I was going to skip over you. Like, no, I know, I know, I know, I know. All right, kids, here we go. Why couldn't the duck stop laughing? He was quacking up. <laughs> Come on, kids. He was quacking up. Kids, why was the computer chilly? It left a window open. <laughs> Windows 11 window. Right, kids? Okay. And kids, what are 10 things that you can always count on? Your fingers. <laughs> kids? All right. All right. Praise God. And on that note, let's go through the news. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, wrong. It's not normal. This is disturbing. Game over. Praise God. Praise God. All right. So I'm going to um, – some of these I'll play the whole thing. Some of them I'll play snippets of. Uh, and this one here is – well, <clears throat> okay. So I'm going to skip past this one, and I may play, play it on the next program. But basically, there is a uh, an individual – I do not know this person's name – who has found an instruction book on uh, that teaches from the United States military that teaches the people in the Ukraine – how to use chemical and biological weapons against Russia. Uh, it's actually a inst- uh, military instruction manual from the United States military. Uh, how he got a hold of it, I don't know. We'll have to go jump back to listen to his testimony. Also, I have always wondered. Now, I, I, you know, look, you know, this is not conclusive, but for me, it is. 
if you know what I'm saying. But anyway, when I look at the scriptures where in uh, Matthew 12:34, where it says, where Jesus is admonishing the Pharisees, and he says, you brood of vipers. You know, what's up with that? Well, remember, I just read you the Testament of Amran. Their eyes, it was frightening. The eyes were like vipers. Reptilians. What are reptilians? I always like to correlate it back to the Bible, right? My nickname when I was working at this one company back in the early 2000s, precisely 2002, I believe it was, believe it or not, there was a Jewish man that worked there. His name was Bill. And I'm not going to get into, into his that, – that's a whole, a whole show in and of itself. And he said he – for some reason, he gave me a nickname, and the nickname was The Correlator. Now, it had to do with how skilled I was at – managing cybersecurity systems and being able to see attackers and hackers breaking in and that kind of stuff. It, it's, it, correlation is key. You have to be able to take what appear to be disparate events, look at them on a screen that is just overwhelming with data, and then you've got to be able to correlate those events and be able to build context around them. And then you look at it and you say, hey, that's a hacker. So he gave me the nickname of the correlator. Well, I find that is kind of supernatural in a sense because with the Bible, I correlate everything back Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I want to correlate current events that are happening today, to prophecies, dreams, and visions, and the Holy Bible, and the statements in the Holy Bible, and information that I am shown by the Lord through the choices of books that he has led me to. All right, and you might say, well, some of those books you might have just picked out on your own, and you know what? Maybe you're right. I'm not, I'm, it's not even worth a debate. All right, now. A lot of people, you know, like to just walk in this place where they think that everything came from God. And that's fine, too. I'm not one of them. But a lot of things that have happened in my life, I can tell you as a fact, are extremely supernatural. And it's just very little goes – very few months go by without something unbelievably supernatural happening to me. It's unbelievable. Even my changing of jobs. I gave that testimony on the radio show. And for the people that don't listen to every single radio show, which is a lot, guess what? You're going to be the loss, and I can't help you. I, I can't. I can't go back and fill in the blanks from thousands of radio shows. I can't. I just can't. It's impossible. Um, so, so anyway, but for those that are regular listeners, you may recall things, and then it'll help to build that correlation body of knowledge. And then you'll say you'll have this aha moment and go like, whoa, kind of thing. All right. Well, so you know, so. When Dr. Michael Heiser, who we've had on the radio show two different times, he's passed away. Um, when he wrote his original white paper in, that, that was in, in base, I believe it was just simply entitled the Nakash, N-A-C-H-A-S-H. -A -A Nakash means the shining ones. And he did this whole expose, this whole, I don't know, three-page white paper on it. It was, in, it was brilliant work. And it was about the shining ones, and he was talking about reptilian beings, and he was explaining uh, them from chapter three of the book of Genesis. How long ago was that? What are reptilians? Why, why did the Anunnaki, when they were digging for gold, what's up with that? Well, you know, the, the, you, you have, as part of the Anunnaki races, which we found out from Brother Van, you know, uh, Robert Vandrius Mitchell, and the Anunnaki is actually a class of beings. It would be, it'd be like saying earthlings. You know what I'm saying? But wait a minute. What all's on earth? Lots of stuff is on earth that isn't human, Right? So it says somebody from Planet Pop-Tart, an octopus, is an earthling. But unfortunately, 
You can't take critical thinking skills. You can't do like a Vulcan mind grip and like transfer critical thinking skills. And so if I say things that you you're like, no, I have a problem with that. You're just going to have to pray over it, take the Lord, and if you don't care about it, that's perfectly cool. The cool part about tonight's testimony is that when you put it all together, it tells a story of who we are, sons of God, who are we, and why are we here, that absolutely explodes into this amazing tapestry of glory. And I don't, there's no other words to describe it. If you if y'all think that for all of eternity we're just going to hang out on heaven and you know fry eggs and <laughs> um, eat at the Thai buffet and all that kind of stuff, I mean that probably be part of it. I'm sure I know it is, but I'm just saying there's a lot more to it. Rolling and reigning with Jesus is huge, and not everybody's going to roll and reign with Jesus. That in fact, 99.9 probably percent is my best guess will not. At least not a right away. Okay, I'm not going to get into all that because that's a whole oh, oh Lord, that's another five radio shows, I mean, at least two. But anyway, um, uh, so Jesus says, brood of vipers, how can you being blankety-blank and this and the other thing? So I looked up the word vipers, and it's so fascinating because in my Enhanced Strong's Bible Dictionary, which is absolutely wonderful because uh, it's so much more than just an Enhanced Strong's, it says that it's Greek 2191, and the word is... Uh, and um, it says, get this, it says, of uncertain origin, an adder or other poisonous snake. But then it says in brackets, literally or figuratively, a viper. Okay. Well, if that isn't good enough for you. Now, first and foremost, it says that it's a, of an uncertain origin. Okay? It and it says that it even quotes another it says it originally came from another word, but what we're doing, what if you understand how to read strongs and and do do that kind of homework, what this is basically saying is when it says of uncertain origin, what that means is it means they don't know. Simple as that. They do not know. So the people who translated it, they looked at it, they thought it over, they compared it to what it was derived from, and then they came to the conclusion that it was, well, we don't know. It's uncertain origin. It, it seems to be a viper, but it could be just figuratively speaking. We just don't really know. Okay. But see, then I thought to myself, you know, because it, it basically had said, you know, it, when you do a little bit, bit of digging, it says, you know, is an uncertain, um, unknown affinity. So I looked up the word affinity and it says of similar characteristics suggesting a relationship, especially a resemblance in structure. And I said to myself, hey, that's very fascinating. In other words, Jesus was seeing through the shape-shifting capabilities of these entities, and he knew that they were nakash. Thank you, Dr. Michael Heiser. Praise God. All right, so anyway, I just wanted to share that with you because it's so fascinating when you start doing some digging into these things. Now, granted, it's not 100% conclusive, but what we do know is it's viper-ish, 
<laughs> Similarity and characteristic of relationship, especially in the resemblance in structure. It looks a little bit like a viper, sort of like the Testament of Amaran. So I find that that's the kind of stuff that I love, and that's the kind of stuff that even advanced Christians reject immediately. And you know what? You just if that's how you think, okay, fine, but you're stuck and you won't grow. And that's okay. You'll grow in other areas and praise the Lord for that. And maybe it's just not your calling, but it is my calling. It's my calling. It is my calling. All right, praise God. And I'm gonna explain it to you in a little jiffy pop popcorn thing here. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, let's go ahead and listen to turns out that I'm, I'm before I play this, this is nauseating, but then I have to keep on reminding myself this is a reptilian being. Okay, as long as I know that it is a fallen seraphim, when Isaiah, remember, we have to correlate this back to the Bible whenever possible, but we can't always do that. Uh, Isaiah was like, you know, he had he was touched with the coal. He's like, you know, oh, my goodness gracious, I can see the throne room of God. My I am so totally undone. And he sees these dragon creatures with wings flying around the throne of God saying, holy, holy. And isn't it fascinating? They're dragon creatures. They have wings. They're flying around the throne of God. But out of their mouth is coming words, English words, or whatever they were in, Hebrew, whatever. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come, flying around the throne room of God, flying around. But they were speaking intelligibly. Hmm. I don't know every television show, everything that I've ever seen in my life, the dragons just shot fire out of their mouth. None of them talk. Well, you know, unless it was a total fantasy thing, but isn't it interesting that the ones in the Bible talk? And wouldn't you assume that if a third of the angelic beings, which is captured in uh, the reference to the dragon in Revelation chapter 12 and other places, okay, were, were cast down to the earth, that would include more than just one type of angel? How many angels are there? How many different types are there? Did you know that there are thousands? Have you ever looked at the dictionary of angels? There's thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands. Now, then you've got the ones that are fallen and cursed, but what about the other ones? Like the sons of Arcturus. The Bible never said anything about it. When, when our father in the book of Job says, can you guide the sons of Arcturus? He never said they were fallen. They're not fallen. They're sons of God. What did he look like? We don't know what they look like, but God dared us. Can you guide the sons of Arcturus? So they have to be what? Daniel, what is it, two, four, no, 423 or whatever? It says, it says in Daniel, he, he saw a vision. He saw a holy watcher. See, everybody thinks the word watcher automatically means, oh, they're evil and fallen and cursed by God. No, there are holy watchers. It says so in the Bible. Okay, as a matter of fact, I can pull that up in a very quick here, holy. Oh, I probably should be using my PC study Bible for this because I need Boolean searches, but holy. Um, mm, I, I'm better off just using the word watcher. See if I hit it. There's four different versions of the the word watcher, unfortunately. Now, I need my uh, PC study Bible. Not, not enough time. Now, let's get back to the news. Now, listen to this headline. U.S. climate czar announces warlike effort to shut down the American food supply. This is John Kerry. He, it's not John Kerry. It looks like John Kerry. It is a reptilian. Now, I explained to my brother-in-law when I sent this to him, because this is creepy. They, you might say, well, wait a minute. If they cut off all the food supply, aren't they cutting off their food supply too? Guess what? That, no, because they eat people. They eat people. That's what they eat. 
I'm not getting into the gory details of what these things eat, but that's what they eat. They're the most disgusting, horrific creatures in all of the universe. I hate them. But anyway, all that being said, they're running the world. (laughs) They are. Now, and they are very high up. If they're Draco reptilians with wings, they are second in command only to Lucifer himself, Satan. The beast, or whatever you want to call him, all right, or, or the dragon, as as you know, in in Revelation twelve. Now, that's the hierarchy. There's other gazillions of other fallen angelic beings. Gazillions. I don't even know. I have no idea. I got a book here which which catalogs a whole bunch of them, but I don't know that it's completely complete. I mean, how would I know? But I but I can tell you one thing for sure. I have the Dictionary of Angels. A lot of those. I, I look. It's it, it's just mind bending. It's so your your head will explode. It'll explode. Anyway, here is essentially John Kerry pl- announcing to the world that we are going to cut off your food supply. We are going to make you starve. We have to do it because we have to save the earth. I'm going to play this. In his usual lying hysteria, John Kerry, who serves as the first U.S. Special Presidential Envoy for Climate, told a series of lies and announced that our government is planning to shut down U.S. agriculture. They call it innovation because they are confident that our pain and desperation will someday give birth to an innovative new solution, or at least that's their cover story. Emissions from the food system alone are projected to cause another half a degree of warming by mid-century on the current course that we are today. And instead of being on a course to be able to hold the Earth's temperature increase to 1.5 degrees, we're actually on a course to hit. All right. There isn't a person out there that has, that is even, you know, kind of sort of smart or intelligent or average, really, even average, that wouldn't know that this is a lie that could only come from a viper. You know, we are truly dealing with otherworldly beings. They are not from here, and there are thousands of them coming here with the planetary system that is frequently referred to as Planet X and Nibiru, but in reality, it is a solar system with a failed star in the middle. That's very black. And yes, it can burn with iron oxide and glow red. That is true. But that's because it's going through the heliosphere of the sun. That is a normal characteristic associated with a brown dwarf that is typically 243 degrees minus 243 degrees Fahrenheit. That's why they have infrared attachments and all the telescopes. Even, they even retrofitted the Hubble with one. They need it to be able to clearly see it. Okay, And when you put infrared on it, all of a sudden, what appears black to a normal telescope suddenly looks like it's full of burning iron oxide and all that kind of stuff. All right. So anyway, which, by the way, iron oxide, when it is – there's tons of it in, on the core of the Earth, inside the Earth, in the, man, in the mantle of the Earth. And when ma- – it's, it's magnetic. Well, when a brown dwarf, a collapsed yellow dwarf, it, when it collapses and it fails, it turns into this gigantic magnet. It can lift trains. It can be like thousands and thousands and thousands of miles. It can be who knows how many astronomical units away from the Earth, but the power of that, of, that, of that gigantic magnet of that failed star 
has the ability to like literally lift trains right off the track and they fly through the air. That's the, the power we're dealing with, the magnetism. Why do you think the Bible talks about the seas turn red as blood? You know, they're like blood. A third of the seas are blood. Blood, 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 blood. Well, that's because when iron oxide rises up out of the mantle of the earth because of the magnetism of planet X, as it gets closer to the earth, what happens? It sucks the iron oxide up and all the lakes and all the oceans and everything look like blood because when that happens, that's what it does. That's why we have blood lakes and blood streams and blood this, that, and the other thing, because it's already happening on the earth. All right. So anyway, when Jesus said um, people are going to starve, he wasn't exaggerating. Pestilence and famine. Okay. Well, guess what? Reptilian overlords are killing our supplies. They're doing it on purpose. We, We already know about all of the all of the uh, food ecosystems that have been caught fire on purpose, the arsons, the killing, the culling of the animals, probably is unbelievable that I, I don't even want to get into it. Because you know what? Quite frankly, the collection of news reports is so enormous at this point. How many hours would it take me to go over just those? At least two continuous hours of one after the other. Okay, so I'm just going to add what we have right here. Okay, for the last three days, we had a report that surfaced. This is probably one of 50, um, but we'll just go ahead and stick with this one from News Talk. They report, and it's confirmable. You can search and see many articles out there on this. 200,000 cows are to be called in order to meet the climate targets. Okay, and this is occurring. Uh, it appears to be, if I, if I recall correctly when I was reading it originally, to be over in the Netherlands, I believe. But I'm taking another peek, um, and I do not see it off the top of my head. Anyway, it is definitely not in the United States, but that's irrelevant. It's all part of the global food supply. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I want to go ahead and share with you a – just go back in time. This was Donald Trump. Talking at the World Economic Forum a long, long time ago. Long, long time ago. Ready? Bye-bye, American Pie, in case you're wondering. Long, long time ago. Listen to this. Time for optimism. Fear and doubt is not a good thought process. Because this is a time for tremendous hope and joy and optimism and action. But to embrace the possibilities of tomorrow, we must... Do you think that Donald Trump knew that he was talking to a bunch of reptilians? I don't think he did. Do you think that he knew he was being set up when the pandemic came out? I don't think he did. You see, a lot of people were blaming him because he was ignorant. He just didn't know any better. I don't think he did. How could he have? reject the perennial prophets of doom and their predictions of the apocalypse. They are the heirs of yesterday's foolish fortune tellers, and they predicted an overpopulation crisis in the 1960s, mass starvation in the 70s, and an end of oil in the 1990s. These alarmists always demand the same thing, absolute power to dominate, transform, and control every aspect of our lives. In America, we understand what the pessimists refuse to see, that a growing and vibrant market economy focused on the future lifts the human spirit and excites creativity strong enough to overcome any challenge, any challenge by far. 
Did you know that he was speaking to the World Economic Forum in 2020 when he said that? I find that very interesting. Praise God. All right. Thank you, Jesus. This one um, is uh, Congress warning about the United Nation and World Health Organization agenda. We all ought to know by now that the WHO pandemic treaty has been made. They, they, they've gone through our um, you know, requests for comments and got committees together and everything. And they actually made it about, I don't know, probably 10 times worse. So what, however horrible it was about locking us down, breaking our doors down, forceful, forced vaccinations, putting us in FEMA camps, all that kind of stuff, it's worse. It's way worse. Well, guess what? Now they have another one, a whole other um, uh, uh, treaty, and the treaty's coming from the United Nations. And what they're going to do is they're going to merge the United Nations treaty, which is just evil, the WHO one. It's the same reptilians. And this is a, con- a congressional statement being made. Uh, I don't even know. I can't tell where they, where they are specifically. But it's entitled, it says, Republicans hold press conference about getting the USA out of the World Health Organization. Believe it or not. Like they're ever going to pull that off. All right. So anyway, on that note, let's go ahead and listen to that. It's to call attention to something that is very serious and threatens this country. The reason is on May 21st through May 30th, there's a possibility that this president will be giving away our sovereignty. It's a possibility that every several agencies have been compromised by China, which they have. What Tetros has done is undermine not only the WHO, but every country that's a member. We sent out a letter on May 10th to Kevin McCarthy to defund, for the United States to defund the World Health Organizations. We are now putting in roughly $700 million, which is, uh, which is unbelievable that this country is doing that. Do you think he'll pull it off? Do you think McCarthy's got his fold? A lot of people think so right now. And there were a lot of people, Matt Getz, Lauren Boebert, that were just screaming bloody murder on, the, on, on C-SPAN saying, don't let McCarthy be the speaker. Don't let McCarthy be the speaker. Well, everybody's – look what happened. He just passed a, a bill that will allow the budget to grow at least $3, three trillion, more than that really over time. It's unlimited, and um, it, it, it's going to crash the economy, and everybody knows it. It was not a properly – it was just a nightmare, and everybody's freaking out, and blah, 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 blah. Am I surprised? I'm not surprised at all. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. This is um, a uh, – so this, this, I guess, it says, it says K-4, the NATO forces will take all necessary actions. The United States State Department cut, uh, cut, cut out NATO announces sending of hundreds more soldiers to attack the Serbians in Kosovo. Remember Bosnia and Herzegovina? Remember that? The Bosnian War? There were slaughters. There were true genocides taking place over there. Well, guess what? They're getting ready to do it all over again. Here we go. Let's listen in. K-4, the NATO forces, will take all necessary actions to maintain a safe and secure environment for all citizens in Kosovo. And we will continue to act impartially. Okay, we all know that's a lie from the devil, and 
you know, so we'll move on. Praise God. But at least, you know, it's in, in, in there, there are already troops lined up. They're putting in circumteen wire. They're, they're cardening off the Serbians. Uh, and it's it really what it is, is a Muslim kind of a fight. You know, it's between uh, it's, it's never ending. It's, and they're going to do it all over again because the, 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 when blood drips out of a human body, the demons come down invisibly from the spiritual realm, and they suck the blood up like a vampire bat, and it gives them power. Same thing happens, you know, when any type of bloodletting occurs. They love war. They love civil war, too, and that's coming. Hmm? All right. This is a lady speaking on uh, the... Um, uh, the Kennedy uh, radio show, uh, CHD-TV, and she's talking about the United Nations power grab. Let's listen to this real quick. Praise God. Here we go. The United Nations has come out with its own suggestions to um, give enormous power to the U.N. Secretary General in the event of some other emergency, global emergency. So in March, the U.N. issued this brochure, which said we need what they called an emergency platform. They didn't define it very well. But this emergency platform would then enable the leaders of the UN to start directing the whole world what to do in the event of a what they called a global shock. So what are the global shocks? Well, um, two of them are pandemics and biological warfare, which is what these exactly what these two WHO documents are supposed to be responding to. So you can see right there the UN is, is saying, gee. Okay, so anyway, um, you, you heard the intro to what she was saying, and basically it's for any reason whatsoever. I mean, I, I'm just cutting to the chase, man. I'm cutting to the chase. If there's a power outage, if there's any kind of an event, if there's a nuclear power plant that goes down, if there's a chemical spill that is large enough, whatever the case may be, they can pretty much pick and choose whatever they want to do. And then the United Nations, if they sign this treaty, then they're going to get powers to come in. And guess what? Wouldn't you know it? Let's co- let the correlator correlate, shall we? Okay, well, we go back to the Ken Peters testimony on the tribulation period, okay, which was way back in the early 1980s. All right, you go to, tri- you go to YouTube.com, you type in... Ken Peters Tribulation. Okay, and you listen to the whole thing. I highly recommend that you listen to everything. And you're going to notice, amongst many other things, excuse me, amongst many other things, you are going to notice that uh, he saw these strange trucks that he had never seen before. They were Humvees. And then he noticed that they were marked with United Nations insignia in the United States. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, I wanted to get that out. Uh, All of a sudden, um, um, my body decided it wanted to have a sneezing fit, but I don't have time for that. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Listen to this. I stumbled across this by accident. This is unbelievable. This is from the Hampton Law Firm. This is a lawyer talking about the fact that they're going to retrofit 100% of all vehicles as of 2026, all vehicles now, every one of them. We'll have sensors built into the into the actual cabin of the vehicle, okay? And 
they're, they're going to sense. Some of them will put the sensors in the in the steering wheel. Some of them will put the sensor. You know, the Fords. Some of the Fords and the Volvo models actually have them today. And what they do is they sense uh, things. They can sense behavior. They can sense. If my hunch is right, it's going to be a whole lot more than alcohol. Now they're pushing it off as an alcohol thing initially, but folks, please, they can sense with infrared. They can sense tension. They can sense frustration. They can sense anger. They can monitor the movement of the car. They can move. Monitor, so if you're trying to dodge somebody because they're jumping out in front of your car, like you know somebody almost hit my car the other day, I had to pull hard to the right. It would trip the sensor, and then it hits a kill switch, and then your car goes to the side of the road, and then it sets off an alarm, and the police come, the thought police, and they come and arrest you, and they take you to a FEMA camp. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And it's going to affect your social score. Anyway, this is a guy from the Hampton Law Firm talking about this new retrofit on the cars. Let's listen to this. Praise God. Here we go. Yahoo. How's this stuff regulated? So the use of these decision-making technologies, I know they're being used to prohibit drunk driving, but they create serious ethical questions, legal ethical questions. Now, here's where I want to get to and finish the last part of this. Think about this. Once people get access to this data, it can be used to manipulate you and punish you or reward you. And this is where I want to get into this term known as social credit uh, score type systems. Now, these type of systems, if connected vehicles can collect drivers' specific behavioral data for purposes for impairment under the infrastructure law, it opens it up that rules and regulations may now penalize drivers for certain behavior that they don't like and use a score. They may keep score. Now, this social credit score, it's almost like a social scoring system where the government says, oh, you did good, you good little puppy, or you did bad. Go sit in the – This is a lawyer at the Hampton Law Firm. I stumbled across this by accident. He has nothing to do. He doesn't listen to this radio show. He, you know, what's up with that? Everybody knows. Cars, sensors, infrared, social scores, food. Locked, locked refrigerators in Walmart, facial recognition system. It's all coming. I had to explain to my brother-in-law. I call him my brother-in-law, but he's my cousin-in-law. And, and you know that the Southwest, uh, you know, the ex-pilot from South, you know, uh, retired pilot. And I told him, I said, the reason why all these things are happening, the reason why the Biden family has such a deep relationship with China, the reason why all these other entities in the Congress of the United States of Babylon the Great also have relationships with China, the reason why Erdogan was cr- congratulated for the winning of the presidency again in Turkey by Xi Jinping and Biden. They're all in bed with China. Now, why are they in bed with China? Why do, what's that all about? Those cities, those cities that they created, they're, they're known as uh, ghost cities. They have, you know, 100-story, I don't know how many stories, uh, but very, 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 very tall, dozens and dozens, I, could be 100 of them, huge skyscrapers with teeny-weeny little apartments in them. That is the new world order epicenter. They are going to move everybody. After they wipe out their own people and they kill them, they are going to, they are going to take the rest of the dead bodies, and they're going to put them in mass graves. They're going to wipe us out as much as they can. They're going to reduce the population, just like the Georgia Guidestone said, down to 500,000. Uh, 500,000 ultimately, but they're going to move the epicenter. All the humans that are left alive are after World War III and all that stuff are going to be shipped over to those empty cities in China, and China is where they're going to live, and that is, that's it. It's over. It's done. At that point, it's the Great Tribulation, and God help those poor people that are there, and the rest of them are going to be running for their lives. The Tribulation saints are going to be running for their lives as all kinds of strange alien creatures are coming down to the earth, and I'm going to cover that in a second or two. 
Well, that and Planet X stuff and pretty much everything else under the sun. Praise God. We got to work hard. We got to pray always to be found worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before the Son of Man at the wedding supper because that's the only way. If you get taken in heaven as a normal Christian, you know, and you had disobedience and you weren't, didn't have a close, loving relationship with Jesus, well, guess what? You're going into the suburbs. You're not going to go. You're not even going to go through the pearly gates. I, I, I've covered this so much. But anyway, we're going to keep on going. Oh, by the way, if you want to see one of the most amazing uh, rubber mask, you know, dun, 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 Mission Impossible, all that kind of stuff, demonstrations ever, go to tribulation-now.org and click on the link for uh, the one that is entitled Biden is a Reptilian, Indisputable Proof. Uh, with scripture. Okay, click on that one, go to the very bottom, and you will see David Wolf's compilation of people taking off the rubber masks. Okay, not said. There's a lot more there, too. All right, pray, praise Jesus. And then here's the next one up. This one here is laying down the groundwork for the power grid outage that is coming. So we know that Klaus Schwab said that if if we could have a power outage, it would kill so many more people. It would make the COVID pandemic look like it was a picnic in the park. You know, so, uh, again, they know. And then don't even forget uh, that there was a, uh, a, a, a National Geographic graphics documentary in Entitled American Blackout. American Blackout. Okay? I'm just telling you, folks, it doesn't take, you don't have to be especially brilliant to put all these dots together. It's so obvious. They come right out and tell you, well, here is a compilation of CBS Good Morning, MSNBC, all these talking heads that have scripts from the devil to tell us what we're supposed to be told from the Department of Satanism. I'm sorry, Homeland Security. Oh, wait a minute. Wait. Is that homeland or fatherland? I don't know. I get confused sometimes. I sometimes I see Hitler's face, and but wait a minute, it is the rise of the Fourth Reich. No, oh, well, anyway, okay, let's listen to this real quick. It's the warning about the coming power grid outage. Here it comes. Security is warning of a potential troubling CBS morning tactic from right-wing extremists. Captain Harridge has more on this, and she joins us from Washington. Captain, we understand the power grid could be a target. Good morning. According to the intelligence report obtained by CBS News, these groups have developed credible and specific plans to attack the power grid since at least 2020 as a way to disrupt the country and the ability of government to operate. The report warns extremists adhering to a range of ideologies will likely continue to plot and encourage physical attacks against power networks, which include more than 6,400 plants and nearly a half million miles of high-voltage lines. Well, the bulletin emphasized. Okay, so we get a Department of Homeland Security bulletin, and it goes on and on and on and on. It's, you know, about different uh, – look, they had a 60 Minutes episode, and it was all about the imminent taking down of the power grid. Okay, don't even get me going on the endless articles of cyber attacks and different things, uh, the SCADA system attacks, all that other stuff. Because you know what? At the end of the day, it is so overwhelming. So we know it's coming. So if you have a generator – or you got some kind of a little whatever thing to make electricity for yourself, go get your gas now. I'll, I'm physician heal thyself. I have four or five-gallon tanks that are not full of new gas, and they need to. I need to, I need to get ready. I mean, I have some gas, but I need a lot more. Um, and I'm not really, you know, but anyway, I'm not going to get into the details. But if you have a generator, you're going to want a generator. <clears throat> if you have a solar panel, it's going to run out. Your batteries are going to run out and deplete 
probably within 30 minutes. I don't care if your entire roof of your house and you paid like $100,000 with tax credits and whatever, you are going to find out in tears that it is not going to work for much more than half hour, half an hour to maybe 45 minutes tops. Sorry. And if you have a Generac, okay, that's being fed uh, natural gas or something like that, you might have a shot for a while, but if they cut off the natural gas, well, oh well. So much for that. Now, if you have a 100-gallon propane tank, ideally, if you have a lot of property, you'd be a 1,000-gallon propane tank. Then you'd really be able – you'd be covered pretty nicely. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Now, this is a man. I do not know who this is. All right. Maybe you do. Uh, maybe it will say. I do not know. But it is uh, – or maybe it's a group of people, but they're talking about when the power grid goes down, millions of people will die, which, by the way, is the same thing that Klaus Schwab said, essentially. So many words. All right. Here we go. 300 million people wiped off the map million. just like that. And how, how long did you say that would take? Nine months. Nine this months. attacker knew exactly where to hit. And they did it deliberately, and they did it multiple times, and they did it very thoroughly. There's a playbook for it if you're so inclined. Absolutely. It, there is absolutely a playbook. The EMP Commission, which is a commission that was mandated by U.S. Congress, and it has much more authority and better funding than a congressional committee, they found that as many as 90% of Americans would die. Gee, uh, as many as 90% of Americans would die. Okay. All right. Doesn't leave a lot for the Civil War, does it? All right. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Which comes first? Okay. Who's on Who's on what base, you know, or whatever? All right. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Next headline up is The Atlantic. And they report in the headline, it says, horrifyingly, ground baby pills are the real thing. And the news that will make you want to shut the blinds, go back to bed until next week, there's disturbing news out of South Korea that since August, officials have found over 17,000 pills filled with human flesh from ground-up babies, dead Chinese babies. What does that tell you? Well, it tells you a lot of things, but it also tells you that the movie Soylent Cream was prophetic. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. Australian state, state passes laws banning growing your own food. No, not that. Oh, we already knew it was coming. They're also going to have food hoarding bills. And they're going to break down your door, and they're going to come in and say, hey, look, you have those five-gallon buckets of rice and beans and all that other stuff, and you're hoarding, and we're taking you to the FEMA camp. You watch. It's coming. All right. Next headline up. All of the grooming, pornography, and filth in classrooms goes back to Obama. Obama safe school czar was promoting it. Warning on content. And it, it says, never forget, it was Barack Obama who first pushed teaching sex education to kindergartners back in 2007. He even pushed sex ed to kiddies legislation. And then it has videos and evidence and links and all other stuff. We already know. We already know. We know who he is. He's the Antichrist. We are, why wouldn't he push... I don't even want to go into it. It just makes me want to upchuck. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. When foreign news anchors report on the filth of Hunter Biden, so rather than – I don't even want to look at the images, so I'm not going to look at the images. Okay, but I just want you to let – I want to let you know. I have a compilation of – well, I don't know if it's multiple news medias or, or one particular country. I don't know which country it is. If I, I just didn't want to look into it too much because it makes me – 
extremely nauseous to see these images, okay? But they are talking about it openly with the evidence and the photographs of him with little children, okay, in other countries. They're talking about us. All right. Still have questions in your mind whether or not this is Babylon the Great in the Bible? Hopefully not. Uh, anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. In less than one year, the WEF will take control of every country, according to this lady named Michelle Bachman. Okay? Uh, sounds familiar, but it isn't to me. I can see her face, and I don't know who this is. But anyway, um, let's just go ahead and see what she got it, has to say here. Plan that next year, one year from now, one year. we will merge the pandemic treaty and the 300 amendments, they will be synchronized with each other, synthesized with each other, and they will be essentially one document and they will pass next year. So they're planning to make sure they get all the kinks out and they're good to go because they plan to go all in and vote next year. But what the United States delegate, what our delegate said here this afternoon is that she is, that the United States is all in and fully on board with these 300 amendments as currently written, and anybody can access them at the World Health Organization website, but also they're all in on the global pandemic treaty. All right. So she's reporting on site where they were, you know, where she has evidence. She saw it, and she's letting people know that the leadership, uh, people in power of this country are absolutely 100 percent, no doubt about it, going to sign away the Constitution of Bill of Rights as if they existed anyways. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Another headline. Oh, this is good. I want, I want to go ahead and play this one. This is awesome. This is was sent to me by one of the listeners. God bless you. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it was Brad or Brian uh, or who it was, but who, whoever it was, thank you very much. God bless you, and I thanked you before, but I want to thank you again. This is a, it was found on uh, Instagram, okay? And um, I don't know the person's name, but I am going to play what this person says from their vehicle on Instagram. All right, are you ready? Here we go. Here we go. Hold on. One, two, boom, boom, boom. It's on Instagram, so it's sh- my computer's shifting here. Um, Got to turn on the volume. Scott, he was inside of some temple, and there's this huge throne sitting on the stage. And I looked, and there was uh, statues that looked like Shiva, the guy with the multiple arms and the swords and stuff. There were statues like that on the stage. And as I looked, there was these people dressed in black robes, and black hoods came out. They were walking like this. Came out and they circled this throne, and there was a man sitting on the throne. And as I looked, this man was dressed like a pharaoh. He had all the Egyptian looking garb on, he even had like little, like circle looking Egyptian like pharaoh hat on and everything. And I watched, and as I see it, there's a man comes walking out behind me dressed in a white robe. I noticed it's the Pope. And the Pope came out carrying a gold crown. The Pope walked up behind me and placed that gold crown on his head. And as I looked, the man sitting on the throne, on the throne dressed like a pharaoh was Barack Obama. And there's like people uh, like dancing with demons around the satanic ritual, around sacrifices they had been doing around for this time to bring it into fruition. All right. I wish these Instagram people wouldn't feel like they have to play like super loud music. But um, uh, basically, he said that he saw a man come out 
people in black hoods, satanic ritual ceremony, uh, and a man sitting on a throne, and then another man in a white robe coming out who was the pope, which would be Francis, and then putting a gold crown on the head of the person that was sitting on the throne, and then he saw, while they were doing all their incantations and satanic chats, and he was chanting, uh, he was dressed just like a pharaoh. Remember that Obama, during the, I believe it was, oh my goodness, I have to go back to 2007, 2008, 2009, um, it was in that time frame, there was a, a White House cedar uh, where they were performing the ceremony over Passover, and Obama played the part of the Pharaoh, and that was a big deal, and that was back when 25% of the people in the United States of Babylon the Great believed that Obama was the Antichrist, but of course, people have very short memories. Anyway, enough said. Another confirmation. They're coming in like like a waterfall lately. Ne- next one up. Syrian babies abandoned in larger numbers as the war grinds on. Okay, and again, I uh, uh, want to re- refresh people. Look, if you want to reach people, send them to tribulation-now.org. If that doesn't convince them, forget it. Radio show, forget it. They'll never believe the radio show. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. Biden regime lumps Christians, conservatives, Republicans in the same category as Nazis in the new Department of Homeland Security anti-terrorism program, which, by the way, was the testimony of the people that were the whistleblowers for the FBI. I am very pleased, although I don't know what will happen, uh, that the uh, House of Representatives is going after, um, uh, for contempt of Congress, they are going after uh, the um, head of the director of the FBI, uh, Ray uh, of FBI, and I'm just, I want to give you his whole name here in case you want to look up whatever, blah, 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 blah. But anyway, he is, um, yeah, it even says here, right here, headline, Washington Post, CNN, Fox News, Yahoo News, and also NBC says, House Oversight Chair prepares to hold the FBI director in contempt over documents in the Biden probe. Okay, so they're going to hold him in temp- contempt of Congress, and this is a, a, this, they can put him in jail up to 10 years. 10 years, and I hope they do. It'll be the first time that it actually happened in all, and in 12 years that I've been doing this stuff. So anyway, it would be nice. I was actually praying to the Father. I was saying, Father, look, you, vengeance is yours, saith the Lord. Amen? And I said, Father, please, toss us a biscuit. <laughs> anyway, praise Jesus. Uh, the stage appears in the it was inside of some temple. Uh, that was the Antichrist guy. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, next one up is... Authorities try to determine why the Venice Canal has turned bright green, and it surely has. And if you go and you look that up, no wonder they're making a fuss out of it. (laughs) It's definitely a first, uh, and it is unbelievably bright green. All right, next one up. World Net Daily reports surveillance over every citizen on Earth uh, is as a devious group is looking to rule the entire world. And I'm thinking to myself, guys, World Net Daily, hey. Get some coffee. Catch up with us. <laughs> Not just us, but everybody else, including that lawyer that I stumbled upon. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, next one up. Near the Western Wall, Jewish radicals shout at Christian evangelicals, go home. Next one up. Finet News out of Israel says, headline, Israel set to launch 2023 Gay Pride Month. Remember when I said that the two most judged countries in the entire world in the Holy Bible are Israel and the United States of Babylon the Great. They are judged. Millions of people die. It is a horrible thing, and it is coming. 
no matter what. But Isaiah 26, verse 9, second half says, when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Hallelujah. That's why God's judgments are holy. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, if I was to go ahead and cover all the ones that I didn't have time to cover, I would be covering things like, let's see here. Um, Oh, my goodness. London's cops are uh, stop attending mental illness emergency calls. Uh, India approves world largest food shortage scheme in the cooperative sector. Uh, United States climate czar. This is, we already played that. U.S. encouraging Ukraine to attack Russia. United Nations objects to a uh, Ugandan anti-LGBT law. Biden admits unveil, uh, admins unveil a $1.5 million effort to empower the female uh, ch- uh, climate activist in northern Kenya. I mean, it's all the same. It's, it's not all the same. Same stuff, but it's all the same things that we talk about on every single show, which is like, what, 20 topics of of the things that Jesus warned us about in the Olivet Discourse on every single show? And, and, and I have at least 100 more headlines. Don't get me going on the flooding, the humongous fires, uh, the fires in Canada and Alberta. I mean, it is unbelievable. We're going to have an unbelievable uh, summer again. Okay. I, so, anyway, just... Buckle up, folks, and get the gas in your spare tanks. Okay, start your generator and make sure it's working. If it isn't, take it over to a place to get it fixed and cleaned up or whatever. Get ready. If you don't have a generator, you might want to buy one. If you live in an apartment, buy a lot of candles. All right, praise God. And some fans, battery-operated fans. They have uh, D-cell-operated fans. Oh, boy, they saved me. They saved me. Oh, <laughs> mm. Because, you know, eventually the gas runs out or you might not be able to run the gas. All right, so you're going to need D-cell battery-operated fans. Believe me, you will. All right, so just get them. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. On that note, let's go ahead and go into the title of the program, which uh, is, of course, um, Sons of God, Angels, Angelic Beings, Otherworldly Beings, the Universe, and Jesus. Just remember... Jesus is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Our Father is the God of gods, Yah-Va-El. And Jesus said, have I not said that ye are gods? John 10, 34. He was looking at the Pharisees. They were blaming They were saying, oh, how shame on you for calling yourself the Son of God. And Jesus looks at him and said, have I not said in your, in your law that ye are gods? He was referring to Psalm 81, or 82 which is talking about us. Okay, we did exist before the foundations of the earth, just like the Bible says. Jesus did know us. When he came to this earth to die for us, he was on a rescue mission. He was coming on a rescue mission to get us. But we had to drink through the cup of forgetfulness. This is all in the Apocrypha, but it is. But there's also a reference in the in the book of Isaiah. I believe it's chapter 56. I believe it is, and it's. It, but you can just search on the words "valley of forgetfulness." Okay, and then you can check your Hebrew and see if the translation was dead on the money or whatever. But anyway, it, it, it's it, it, it's a fact. Where Satan hides things, what Satan does is he takes the things that will empower us, the information and the knowledge that will empower us, anything, any information that helps us to understand how big this all is, how big our existence on the earth is, how 
big this eternity is and ruling and reigning with Jesus over all of the universes and all of the trillions of life forms and all, you know, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I remember at first when I started it, when in the very, very beginning, I didn't even believe in UFOs. In the very, very beginning of all of this, I really didn't believe in UFOs. But now I'm going to take you on a journey. Anything that empowers Christianity, empowers Christians, all the mysteries of the Bible, Satan does not want us to know it. That's why everybody in America wants to have a gun. They call themselves Christians, but they want to have a gun. Why is it? Because they don't believe in the power of the name of Jesus. They're not really proper Christians. They think they are, but they're not. Anyway... And I've done entire shows on that. I've absolutely overflowing and gushing with Scripture. And I can't do anything more than that. The people that have decided their fate, because that's the direction that they want to go, because they fear the devil. They don't understand the power that they have in the name of Jesus. I'm sorry. I can't do a Vulcan mind grip and change your mind. If that's what you want to believe, you're going to have to suffer the consequences. And it's going to be pretty horrible. It might be a lot more horrible than a lot of people think. A lot more horrible. Now, all that being said, let's go ahead and move into the journey of aliens, demons, Nephilim, time travel, and God. (laughs) Uh, I'll get into that in a second. Praise Jesus. Anyway, uh, it's... A jumble of information. I hope that it comes out. I hope that it impresses you. I hope that it touches you. I don't mean impresses like, wow, Johnny's amazing. I don't mean like that. It impresses upon your heart how amazing this is. Satan takes, for example, the first thing that will come out of a a knowledgeable, well-read person's lips, when you say that we have pre-existed, you're going to say, oh, you're a Mormon. Well, that's because Satan hides mysteries that are in the Bible. They're they're self-evident. It's right there. And don't even get me going if you go and you study the Apocrypha. Okay, and you're like, well, the Apocrypha? Who would look at the Apocrypha? Well, you know what? There's 22 books that are mentioned in the Holy Bible that, uh, that are, are, haven't been found. The Book of Jubilees is explicitly mentioned in the Holy Bible, but it's marked as Apocrypha, which is a bunch of bunk. And then you've got 14 books of the Apocrypha that are in the original 1611 King James Bible that somehow magically disappeared. And the last people I want telling me what is anointed by the Holy Spirit are a bunch of people from the Vatican who worship the devil and kill babies in the catacombs. Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. So all that being said, what I've decided to do before I take you on this long journey is to start out with Howard Storm, because that'll kind of set, I don't know. The big picture precedence as I take you on the journey of all the other information and supernatural coincidences and things and share them with you. And you can draw your own conclusions. I know what my conclusion is, but I was there. And all I'm doing is giving you a testimony. Praise God. All right. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Now, all that being said, let's go ahead and head into that focused, focused part of the program. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. trumpets are loud. I'll be lucky if I can hear her in the next year or two. Praise God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. All right. So anyway, um, I had a personal conversation with this, this man. His name is Howard Storm. At the time that I talked to him, he was known as Pastor Howard Storm. Uh, after he returned from heaven, uh, he, uh, 
immediately went from, of course, uh, being an atheist uh, after he talked to Jesus about life in the universe. And then um, and then he went to South America and became a missionary. And he was telling me on the phone, he was like, oh, it was amazing. People were growing out arms. Blind people were seeing. We saw so many miracles. It was unbelievable. And he was, he was telling me uh, that's what he focused on. While we were talking about, and then I was like, oh, he loves the Lord. He loves Jesus. No wonder he does. So then I knew beyond any shower of a doubt that he was the real deal. I did. I knew anyway. I just sensed it. Anyhow, I just knew it. I just knew it. I just, I can't explain it. You can say, well, maybe the Holy Spirit told you, whatever you want. I'm just telling you, I knew. I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew. Now, I'm going to go ahead and play this for you. Here we go. He was on the program once many years ago. Here we go. Hold on a second. Yeah, this is only a four, four minute, 22 second clip. Here we go. Other Life in the Universe by Howard Storm. It's a very long testimony. I mean, his whole testimony is huge. Um, I asked him if there were other worlds. He's asking Jesus yeah. and the angels in heaven. Nothing is apart from that spirit. That Christ was familiarly known. Jesus the carpenter wasn't Jesus the carpenter in every single one of these worlds because um, in many of these worlds, this is the, our world is in the lower level of spiritual evolution. And in many of these worlds, Jesus didn't have to go to a world and be crucified and die on a cross for their sins because there are worlds where people were have chosen good and rejected evil and lived a life profoundly in the love of God and in the love of their neighbor. And so um, Jesus would, could go to these worlds and just bless them. <laughs> and they were, you know, happily accepted Jesus. I mean, what a different, can you imagine a world where Jesus came and people said, yes, you know, um, we we knew and understood this is what you wanted us to be and we thank you for being a revelation, and we've known you from time, from the beginning of time. We've known you and understood you, and tried to live the way that you have, you know, wanted us to live. Um, there are worlds where people are perfectly good and have um, no sin and don't allow evil to be part of their lives. Um, this world is unique because of the degree of um, not only temptation, but the willingness to um, accept temptation and failing the testing that we're in. Um, when I asked to see what other intelligent beings look like, they paraded images of beings in front of me, and I started off as humans. And then they got a little stranger looking and a little stranger looking. And then they became unrecognizable as human beings and looked very weird. And um, I said, okay, I get it. They can be like shaped in very different ways. Fine, whatever, you know, I get it. You know, I mean, in other words, they, um, there's worlds where people 
have this kind of shape, but there's worlds where people take on um, very different kinds of shapes. But the shape of us in this world is of little importance because, in fact, um, what's important is our spiritual being and who we ultimately truly are, our beings of light. Um, we're beings of love. Um, we are, um, in a sense, this tent that we live in now is not who we truly are. All right. <clears throat> Praise God. So anyway, that sets a foundation. You, uh, you know, when he was with the angels and Jesus and he asked straight up, you know, if you don't ask Jesus, he ain't going to tell you. But he did. <clears throat> and they, they actually paraded different alien species. Um, and then he talks about how there are many, many worlds, many, many civilizations where there are no sin. That is the glorified realm of heaven. <clears throat> okay, that is not the fallen area that we are in right now. We are in a type of a hologram, which is why quantum physics is quantum physics, why particle physics is, you know, quarks and bosons and all that kind of stuff. We truly are in a type of a hologram, as Einstein said, and albeit a very convincing one. It is a containment zone. Okay, we are being contained with the fallen angelic beings, with the fallen angels, with, uh, unfortunately, Satan and all of his dark minions, the Draco reptilians and all, all, the, all this creepiness. Okay, um, you know, and demons. Okay, we know that in the book of giants and, and we know that the giants, when they were killed, they, they were walking around. They were flesh and blood. They were doing all kinds of horrible things and having babies and all that kind of weirdness. Okay, and then, uh, you know, when they were killed, uh, it makes it very clear in the book of Enoch that they, uh, their soul energy went directly into the spiritual realm and they instantly became a demon. That's because as in the book of Job, it says they are strange flesh. They are twice dead. Okay, twice dead means when they're alive, they're dead. And when they're dead, they're dead. And then they go into the demonic realm. There is no salvation for these entities. Okay. So, um, wow, where to start? It's just such a big, long story. It's very important to make take a note that after I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit at the age of nine, I, and I've mentioned this an untold number of times, my mother had a vision of the Antichrist. That's all she said. It was the Antichrist. She said he was a mulatto man, half white, half black. He is your age. Obama is six months older than me. She was talking about Obama. She didn't know it at the time. I didn't even remember it until Jonathan Kleck prophesied that Obama was the Antichrist, and all of a sudden, ding, 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 and it went off of my head, and I remembered my mom telling me this in 1972. She also had a dream about me. She gave it to Gerald Durstein Ministries. She said, Gerald, would you please pray over this and come and tell me what the interpretation of this dream is? I wrote it down for you, and he did. He comes back a couple of weeks later, and he says, I have the answer. Your son is going to be a, a well-known end times preacher guy or whatever or something like that, and, uh, and, 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 and he's going to be unmarried. Well, I am, except for one time when I dorked up really bad, and God let me have it, <laughs> both sides of the hammer. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so um, anyway, um, my, so the only two times that my mother had a godly prophetic vision-like event, both of them came true. 
both times. Well, my mother also told me something else. This is, you can look this up on, on Google. You can look it up on, just go to Google Earth and type in 39 Runyon Road, R-U-N-Y-O-N Road, 39 Runyon Road, Hummelstown, PA, 17036. That was where I grew up. My dad was a school teacher. Um, he had a master's degree and used to be with the Glenn Miller orchestras traveling around and stuff, you know, back I won't get into all the, all the stuff, but anyway. Um, so my mother told me, she said, Johnny, did you know that I had seen a UFO up close? And I'm like, really? I was very shocked. But you have to remember, over the course of my life, after I went into my 20s, went into the Navy, you know, you, 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 you just forget stuff. And then all of a sudden, at some point in your life, God whacks you upside the head. And then you look back on your life and go, oh, my gosh. This was all destiny. This was all designed. It was just like Psalm 139, verse 16. Every moment of our lives was written in a book, you know, about us before we were even born on the earth. And my life is just full of unbelievable supernatural experiences all during the time that I was backslidden. In 1988, with my first wife, the mother of my daughter, Kristen, I went to a conference in St. Petersburg, Florida, with a slide projector. That's what they were using at the time. And it was Ralph Epperson, the author of the book, The New World Order. And he was promoting his new book called The Unseen Hand. That was 1988. I was backslidden as backslidden could be at the time. But I was fascinated by all this, wow, conspiracy stuff, because I was like, this is all real. Look at the pictures. He has photographs, all this kind of stuff. Manuel Noriega, the whole deal. The running of the cocaine through Air America and Herbert Walker Bush and the whole deal. It was all documented, and I was blown away by it. Well, guess what? Many years later, Ralph Epperson joined the Tribulation Now radio show, and I interviewed him. Interesting coincidence, huh? Do the math. 1988 to approximately, what was it, 2010, 2011 probably? No, it had to be 2011, July, maybe 12, 13, probably about 2014 it would be my guess. We had uh, Ralph Everson come on the radio show. Now, of course, he was a lot older, but he was a great guest. The same guy that was doing the seminar in 1988 in St. Petersburg, Florida that I went to with my first wife. Oh, but I'm sure it's just a coincidence. So my mother tells me that she saw a UFO. She says, Johnny, I wanted to tell you this. Now, you have to understand that my mom was Holy Spirit-filled, tongue-speaking, Pentecostal Christian to be, you know. Now, she wasn't perfect. She wasn't perfect. But, you know, who is, right? Anyway, she said, I was sitting out in the front yard on a folding chair with Mrs. Yankee, believe it or not, the lady next door to the house. And if you look at the house on Google, you will see the extension that my dad built onto it. It was even a lot smaller. And then the brick area that's to the right-hand side is an extension that my dad built on so, so that we could live. It was like such a small house. But anyway, there's a railroad track that goes out at the end of the backyard and weeping willow trees. I think they New owners cut them down. It's a shame. It was just gorgeous. All kinds of uh, 
lilac bushes. I used to watch Susu, our, our poodle out there. Uh, Susu would sit there, and those big yellow and black bumblebees would come around the uh, lilac bushes, and she would, she would chomp them in half. She was, like, deadly accurate. <laughs> they were like bumblebees in half, hundreds of them, all over the backyard from Susu. To, and Susu used to break loose of her chain and literally run 40 miles an hour down the main street of Hummelstown, Pennsylvania, after our family's car because we were going to go to the Hershey Park swimming pool. It was a public pool because that's what you had back then. All right. Anyways, okay, so my mom told me about the UFO. Here's what happened. She was sitting in the front yard with Mrs. Yankee. And a UFO, a spaceship, okay, let's be clear, not an interdimensional object, none of that weirdness. No, it was a spaceship came over her head very close. I mean, she told me it was like right above them, hovered there for an unknown period of time above both her and Mrs. Yankee, and they were both looking at the thing going, wow! And my mom started yelling for my dad, who was in watching TV. Now, and then, I guess the screen door was pulled in on the front, and she was like, prowl, prowl! You know, get out of here right away! Hurry up! Get out of here! And um, I said to my dad, I even asked my dad, I queried him about it, and I was like, you know, what happened, Dad? And, he, he, you know, and, um, and she was like, you know, prowl, tell him! And um, my dad, you know, is very, you know, master's degree guy, you know, science guy. He said, son, I don't know what I saw exactly, but whatever it was, it was flying away way faster than anything from this earth. And for my dad to say anything about anything like that ever was rarer than un unpendium. Thank you, Bob Lazar, for helping us to understand the alien uh, now, not no longer an alien um, element known as un unpendium, which is required in the reactors of the scout ships, the scout spaceships, in order to displace gravity. It's called warp. You warp the gravitational field. You bend it, just like it says in the book of I... Oh, is it Kings? Wait a minute. Which one is it? I'm not sure where it says the Lord God bows the heavens. Warp speed! Warp the heavens. Warp speed. Bow or bow the heavens. Un unpenium. Gravity displacement units. They point them and they and what happens is the reason why the spaceship can there's no G forces at all. Because there isn't any gravity. They literally remove the gravity from in front of them and then the, the ship it just kind of flows in that path where there is no gravity. It just gets sucked into it. That's why it can go like tens of thousands of miles an hour. And it bows the heavens, just like it says in Kings or whatever, it, you know, that our Lord God does. Why would our Lord God have to bow the heavens? Why didn't he just snap his finger and go, boink, I'm right here? Could he? Of course he could. But wait a minute. What about a vehicle's wheel? Hey, that opens up a whole book of questions, doesn't it? Where the thinking mind it does. Supposedly, an inside of Ezekiel's wheel, which everybody pretty much agrees is some kind of a spaceship, is what? The throne of God. What's that all about? Don't get me going. All right, so it started way back then. Well, then, anyway, um, I'm watching my time. Okay, cool. I'm good. I got an, I'm not good, but I got an hour at least. Because there's other stuff I want to get to that's really cool. 
Um, now, we covered with the old Zen Garcia programs the concept of, uh, you know, one of the things that Zen did an astonishingly good job of is he took the ancient texts from the ancient Sumerians, the Lost Book of Enki. He even contacted Zechariah Sitchin's uh, widow, and he got a hold of the original manuscripts, and um, which was very impressive, and um, he studied them against the Holy Bible, against other apocrypha that he knew that was good. Now, I'm not saying that 100% of the things that Zen has suggested is Holy Spirit filled. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to pass judgment. I, I really just don't know. But I will say the stuff that we talked about on the radio show was absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, it was, it was like unbelievable. Well, it turns out that when you overlay the ancient Indian Vedic text, the Mahabharata, the Bhagavad Gita, I can never say that right, um, uh, the uh, ancient Japanese text, which is why Percival Lowell set up the Lowell Observatory so that he could follow Planet X as it was approaching the Earth because he knew it was coming because he studied the ancient Japanese text. That was the whole motivation behind the Lowell Observatory. Okay, then you've got... um, uh, and don't even get me going on the Lucifer, you know, infrared attachment and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, that, so when what Zen did in the book, Sons of God, Who Are We and Why Are We Here? He took the ancient text and he put them side by side by side by side and he compared them all. And it's interesting because they all tell the same story. They all have a flood story. They all have and, – and a lot of people try to use that to discredit the Bible. But no, it's the opposite of that. When Jesus was walking around, when Paul was going up to Rome, when all these things were happening with Jesus and the apostles on the earth, what was happening uh, uh, you know, in Norway? When Jesus was walking around preaching the gospel, what was happening in, uh, to the Indian civilizations in South America? What was happening in, 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 in to the Indian civilizations in America? What was happening in Canada? What was happening in Mauritius? What was happening in places that Jesus didn't go to, that none of the apostles went to, in China, and in Taiwan, and all these other places, the Philippines? Where were they? Where... Oh. See? Nobody ever asks those questions. So the only logical deduction that one would have to make would be that the ancient texts of all the civilizations had experienced the flood. They had all seen the same things. And, <coughs> excuse me. And not so surprisingly, they all do talk about them. Well, Zen put them all together, and we talked about them on the radio show. One of the most fascinating things, or stories, if you will, that that we discussed amongst the fact that we also know that the pyramids were put in by demonic looking alien beings that used incredibly powerful plasma rays to be able to cut the rocks and move them. Uh, Don't even get me going. It was just unbelievable. We've covered all this material, by the way, in prior shows. The lost books of Enki, when you go back to the original text and you compare it, what you see is that Enki, which is a fallen angelic creature being thing that a lot of people equate Anyway, I don't want to get off on sidetracks, but here's the thing. Enki, they, they had – they were already mining for gold. By the way, these are historical texts. A lot of people say, oh, the Epic of Gilgamesh and all that kind of stuff. That is just a bunch of – you know, it's a bunch of this. It's a bunch of that. It's not – no, they're historical texts. So are the Vedic texts, the Mahabharata, all these things, the ancient Japanese. They're writing about things that they saw. They Don't even get me going on Mohenjo-Daro uh, you know, and, uh, and, and, and in Pakistan and how they have p- pieces of rock with glass infused into the rock. And the only way that that can happen is 
is if there is a nuclear explosion, and they talked about in the Vedic text about spaceships in the sky and how people were losing their hair and had um, 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 radiation poisoning, and this was like thousands of years before Jesus came to the earth. What about the Noxa lines that, 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 that you can only see from outer space, and they have like different beings of all these different things? All these things that they talked about ancient aliens, these, these, uh, the, the, these ancient artifacts, these, the, 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 the pyramids that are all over the, the Earth. There, some of them are underwater. Some of them are crystal-colored. Some of them are located over in, in Europe. Some are, they're all over the, the, the world. I, I listened to a testimony of a particular person that said that he wasn't from planet Earth, and he said that there are pyramids all over the Milky Way galaxy. They create ley lines and energy forces between them, okay, and these fallen angelic beings use them to, to go into wormholes and travel all over the place and bow the heavens. Hallelujah. All right. So anyway, um, so in my journey, I, it's really hard to pick because there's such a big list. So I started out, you know, I, I'd forgotten, you know, when I was going through my back, backslidden years and all that in the, you know, 80s and 90s mostly, um, in the early, early part of the 2000s, um, you know, you, you just kind of forget about all that stuff. You forget about your mom telling you about Obama being the Antichrist, essentially. Um, you forget about the dream that she had about you being unmarried and having a radio show and all that kind of stuff. Well, that all came true. I never saw that coming. I, I, at the time that I was talking to Kenneth about us starting a radio show, we just thought we were going to do it in order to usher people into the rapture because we thought the rapture was going to happen any second now. That was the whole reason we started doing radio show. I didn't even realize I was fulfilling prophecy at the time. <clears throat> so then we have to fast forward. So around about 2009, after I'd done a 450-slide presentation with PowerPoint to try to explain to people, after using a Venn diagram on a very large whiteboard in my office and doing very deep dive studies, and a Venn diagram basically correlates to the and finds the commonality between different subjects. Okay, and the subjects included the ancient Sumerians, the ancient Sumerian clay tablets, which, by the way, have spaceships on them and little devil-looking creatures and all that kind of stuff, and people wearing spacesuits. Don't even get me going on the serious mystery which is one of the best books researched ever in the history of the world. It is stick. It is unimpeachable. It is awesome. And in the book, The Serious Ministry, it talks about the Dogon tribe in Mali, West Africa. And to this day, they still do Ugachaga ceremonies and dance around dressed like the very alien beings that visited them and told them about Sirius A, B, and C. You could not even see with the telescopes of the day Series B and C. But they had diagrams written. They had drawn diagrams of Sirius A, B, and C in the solar system, the star system. They drew the diagrams, and they were doing their little ooga dances around, dressed like the aliens that came and visited them. This is the, the Dogons the, uh, 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 tribe in Mali, West, West Africa. That's impossible. That's impossible. They had to have been visited. Somebody told them about the Sirius star system. Why is it that Sirius, Sirius star system and the Pleiades star system? System is on every single Masonic Lodge in the world. Every single Masonic Lodge in the entire world, when you go down into their ceremonial chambers, where they got their Grand Poobah stupid chair, and they got you know this checkerboard pattern where they do all their ritual 
evil, okay, behind there is a gigantic um, tapestry, okay, behind all the thrones, and every one of them has it. And guess what it is? It's a, it, it shows the Pleiades and the Sirius star system. Why is that? Because they know. They doggone, they gone, know. It's the rest of us who don't know. Praise God. Why is it that the Pope on Sol Invictus, which pretty much, you know, now a lot of Christians go through this phase where they're like, oh, well, every single Christian, uh, you know, holiday is of the devil. Uh, and they learn about Sol Invictus. They learn about the Easter Bunny. They learn about all this other stuff. And they understand it. And, blah, 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 and then they're always like, the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil. And they forget that the devil never had an original idea in his entire life. And the devil stole everything from God anyways. And then that is a fact. He takes it and he contorts it to his own story. He hides the fact that we pre-existed. Where? In the Mormons. Because he knows that every Christian out there judges everybody and they're going to go, oh, well, if it's with the Mormons, it's got to be of the devil. Well, of course we're going to ignore it. Never mind the stuff that's in the Bible that talks about it all the time. Never mind the fact that Oregon, one of the early church fathers of the Roman Catholic Church, unfortunately, but he was ostracized. He was anathema, and he was told he had to leave the Roman Catholic Church. Why? Because he told all of the other people, he, uh, you know, in, 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 in the Roman Catholic Church, he was telling all, all of the popes and everything. He was like, hey, hey, I got evidence in the Bible that we preexisted. We preexisted. And they said, get out! You are not allowed here. We, they completely anathema him or whatever they do, and they and they and they got rid of him. Oregon, look it up. O r i g e n. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So anyway, the devil doesn't want us to know who we are. He doesn't want us to know that we are a royal priesthood right now. He doesn't know that want us to know that we operate in the courts of heaven right now. That which is bound on earth is bound in heaven. That which is loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. Matthew eighteen eighteen. Praise God. It is right there in the Holy Bible. It is indisputable. There is no doubt about it. But people don't understand what they're reading when they see it. They don't understand why Jesus said, Have I not said in your law that ye are God and the law cannot be broken? And it's referring to Psalm 82. Well, what does Psalm 82 say? It's right there. It, it, it says, it's so clear, it's clear as a bell. How can anybody not see this? And Jesus was clearly referring to this in John 10:34. It says that our Father God stands in the congregation of the mighty. That's us. He judges amongst the little g-gods. And then he goes on and he gives his judgment. Okay, you know, how long will you judge unjustly, show partiality to the wicked, defend the poor and the fatherless, blah, 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 goes on and on and on. All the foundations of the earth are unstable. But wait a minute. What earth? What earth? Genesis 2, verse 4 said, and these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when the Lord God Yahweh Elohim created the heavens and the earth. God destroys the earth. He destroys the heavens. He destroys the hologram, destroys the Milky Way galaxy, and then he recreates it. Why does he do that? Why does he create a new heavens and an earth? Why is he creating new heavens and an earth? Why is there cycles of it? Why is what, what 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 is this all about? Genesis one is talking about cycles. It's about cycles of creation. Okay. Well, anyway, Enki was was hanging out with the rest of the the Anunnaki 
civilizations done mining for gold in South Africa. There are people that have been on, on uh, Coast to Coast AM that have done research, written books about it, have photographs of the actual digs, the archaeological digs where they uh, speculate strongly that it was where the Anunnaki civilizations were, were un- digging up the gold. The whole thing about their, their, their planet and all that, that's all evidently pretty much true. Okay, And then you, you run into this weird anomaly where you've got these different reptilian beings. There's the Nagas and the ones underneath the Mormon Tabernacle. You've got the ones that are underneath the, 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 uh, the Los Angeles. And they're different. They look different. They're slightly different. Then you've got the Draco reptilians with the big wings that, that is what Hillary Clinton is. Okay, you've got all these different... Why is that? Because it says in the ancient Sumerian text, it explains that they needed to create workers. So they dorked with their DNA and they created different versions of reptilian beings to work and dig up the gold for them because they were minor gods and they didn't want to have nothing to do with it. That explains all the different reptilian beings and races. They've been here and underground for a long, long, long time. But wait, Enki in the Lost Book of Enki, he's flying around in his spaceship, okay, and he finds this anomaly. Now, of course, he goes back and he tells him because he's a big bad liar from the pits of hell, and he goes back and he tells him, I created civilized man. Ah, but when you read between the lines, you discover that what he really created, and I'm running out of time, and I can't believe it, I should believe it. What happened was, you can tell when you read it carefully, he says he came upon civilized man, and, civil, and he called them civilized man because they had the ability to plant food and gardens and raise animals, and they could even speak. They had the ability to talk to one another. He called them civilized men. Of course, he tried to take credit for creating them, which is, a, like I said, a lie from the devil. Okay, you can, you can read between the lines. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that the, guy was, the entity was lying. So I've always said that the Garden of Eden, after it descended from its dimensions after the fall, was injected on the one earth, teeming with life. The, the earth was a way station. It was a place to this very day, the tall whites on, on Nellis Air Force Base. List, go out and look. Uh, uh, do a search on uh, 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 the Netflix, I guess, and type in uh, Charles Hall, okay? And, and it'll say something like Charles Hall's journey with the tall whites or whatever. And they were a Christian. It even has a scene in the documentary with him and his wife going to their church and everything, okay? But he had encounters with tall whites, and they communicated, and they sounded like um, desert birds, you know, like they chirped to each other, okay? And they had children, and they raised their own children, and they, and they protected they, their families, and they would stop at Nellis Air Force Base to get their spaceships fixed. They had to get parts to fix the ships because the ships would break. The United States military has a code word for a downed spaceship, and the name of, the, of what they call it, their code word, is Fallen Angel. 554, we got a 1015. Uh, this is a military red alert. Uh, this is above top secret. Uh, you know, TS clearance only need to know. We have a fallen angel. We have a fallen angel in Dallas, Texas, 35 to 2752 uh, latitude. That, this is it. This is the real deal. The United States, Babylon the Great, and the Black Ops and the Mill Labs that work with these alien beings and have just about forever. Eisenhower knew about it. All of them knew about it. Don't get me going on the gray auditory. 
lady. This stuff is so well-known, it's unbelievable if you go out and you do your homework on it, which I have. I don't even know how many books I've read. So anyway, my journey continued. I had just set up Tribulation Now in 2009, and I started to write articles. Um, a lot of articles. I think 240 or something like that, maybe more, maybe 250 by now, maybe more. Of course, I didn't tell anybody, and I set myself up as Johnny Baptist, which is a pseudonym or a nom de plume, uh, because at the time I was, it was very wise. It was God. That was definitely God, because I wouldn't be able to work right now. You can't do the type of work that I do and do what I do on the radio, period. End of story, period. Simple as that. All right, now, I won't go into the supernatural encounters I had where they tried to fire me and all these other things. Forget about it. I'm not going to go there. That's a whole other testimony. All right, so I'm working in this com- for this company. You can look it up. I don't even know if they still exist. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, but all of a sudden I got hiccups and stuff. But anyway, um, the name of the company was Gerdau Ameristeel. And um, that's where I met – I didn't meet him there, but my phone rang, and this fellow by the name of Zen Garcia, who had a radio show, and I was like, wow, he's a radio show guy. Wow. I was amazed. And I stole away into one of the, the, the uh, you know boardrooms where everybody had meetings, and I closed the doors in the dark, and I hid there with my cell phone. I was talking to Zen Garcia, and I was like, you know, I believe this and that, and I believe that and this and the other thing, but I don't know about that pre-existence thing. I'm not so sure I believe in that. I, I, that seems kind of crazy to me. And Zen said in the most calm, kind, humble voice, he said, I do. And I got real quiet. I was sitting at my my cubicle, and this guy that I work with, a lot of us were contractors, I was, and this guy, who I liked a lot, he worked as a contractor for IBM, he came over to my desk and he said, hey, bro, dude, dude, check this out, check this out, follow me, follow me. And I'm like, I'm like curious, and so I'm following him over to the other room where he had his cubicle, and I come around the corner, and he swivels his monitor toward the window so that nobody could see. He wanted to show me something amazing. So he brings up his monitor, and all of a sudden... He's showing me tribulation now. My website. Anyway, so I met this guy, Zen Garcia. He wanted me to come on the radio show, talked to me about a bunch of things. We got to know each other a little bit, this, that, and the other thing. So that's part of the story. But then there was the botnet coincidence, which I wrote an article about. This was where God told me he wanted me to focus. Now, I was already looking into the Disclosure Project, uh, you know, with uh, uh, Dr. Stephen Greer. I've already bought all of the DVDs. I have all the testimonies of all the people in the military with impeccable uh, credentials that had encounters, live encounters with alien beings. Uh, Sometimes they were at atomic, you know, nuclear stations and such, you know, where missiles are stored. All that, I've got a very thick book. It's over four inches thick about just encounters for uh, UFOs and nuclear weapons. What are they interested in? And why do they fly into the images and shoot laser beams at the warheads of the uh, intercontinental ballistic missiles? If Satan wants to kill us, if Satan wants to kill us, if Satan wants us to die as soon as human, as soon as Satanly possible, why would they send a spaceship to disable a nuclear missile? <clears throat> now, 
Then I was invited several times on the Daniel Ott AM show, which was extremely popular, had I don't even know how many tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of listeners. But I was invited on that show two times, uh, also onto some other MUFON uh, programs. The word got out that I knew something. I don't know, I guess. And um, But this botnet coincidence, I'm sitting in my cubicle and I'm doing research. Botnets are what they use to do distributed denial of service attacks. So when they take down Bank of America, they, they say, well, it's a, it was a denial of service attack and it took down Bank of America and nobody could use their ATMs and the bank was down for four hours. They use botnets. They send out what's called a C2, uh, it's command and control, and they send out a command and control signal to the botnets, and then the botnets all talk to each other electronically, and they all start sending these streams of packets, okay, which is how stuff works on the Internet, and they send streams and streams of packets. A denial of service attack is like if you are trying to talk to your friend at the lunch table and 50 – oh, uh, here's a denial of service attack for you. You're sitting at a uh, – at, at a, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a, the name of it, but whatever. You're sitting at a, at a, a – at a Mexican restaurant, okay, and you're sitting there and you're talking to your friend and you're having this conversation about the Lord and you're saying, man, this is really cool, and you're sharing your testimony, and all of a sudden, the table next to you, they're having a birthday, and they come over, and there's 12 people going, ay, 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 I want a burrito, da, 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 and you can't talk anymore. You can't talk anymore. You have to wait for them to stop clapping and what be doing. That's a denial of service attack. They denied the service of your lips to talk to the person who was right beside you. And that is exactly what they do, but they use electronics to do it. That's what botnets are. And I was researching this, this 3D rendition of botnets that was on the Internet, and, I, and it, was, it was three-dimensional. And I could use my mouse and the, and the scrolly wheel, and I could go to the left and go to the right and go to the left and go to the right. And they actually had the names of the individual machines, computers, that were hacked. And all had botnets on them. Okay, now, um, uh, so I after I played around with it for quite some time, I took my scrolly wheel and you know, like a bored little kid, I started to scroll as fast as I could because I said to myself, you know, I wonder if this thing has an end. What would be at the very end of it? And I didn't even know if there was an end. Maybe it'll go around in a circle and I'll just start all over again. I didn't know. And I started to scroll the wheel, scroll the wheel, scroll the wheels, hard as I could, hard as I could, hard as I could, hard as I could. And I'm seeing tens of thousands of machines flying past me in this three-dimensional botnet field. And it's just going and going and going and going and going. And all of a sudden, it comes to the end and it stops. And I'm staring at the last one. And it's DNS name, just like Tribulation Now, that's a DNS name, was thedisclosureproject.com. Okay? Think about that for just a second. What are the odds with probably hundreds and hundreds, maybe even millions, maybe even millions of botnets on this 3D imagery that I would roll my scrolly wheel for probably 15 minutes straight, and the very last one said, thedisclosureproject.com. One in 50 quadrillion easy. Anyway, so then I was like, Lord, Lord, are you talking to me? And I knew then that that, that I knew. I knew beyond any shadow of a doubt that the Lord wanted me to focus on this as a major part of my ministry work for him. And that 
jettisoned my journey forward because I had already put up the Venn diagram. I already wanted to research the ancient Sumerians, and I knew that they weren't all sitting around, uh, you know, two, three thousand BC, okay, uh, in Sumeria, which was already an anomaly. They knew algebra. They had libraries set up with, you know, they, they were so advanced that it could only be fallen angels that gave them the information. We all knew that, okay. And then you look at their clay tablets. They're, they're, they're like clay cylinders which they buried in the land of Ur, which is where Job was. And on the clay cylinders, they had impressed imagery of spaceships. And I used to joke around all the time and say, come on, really, for real, folks, for real? Do you really think the ancient Sumerians were sitting around a campfire smoking, uh, you know, uh, or, or you know, drinking peyote button tea on some sort of a wild American Indian uh, hallucinogenic trip, okay, and doing shrooms, and, and then they're going, <laughs> you, know, come on. you know what, let's really mess with the heads of the people in the 21st century, <laughs> like beavers and butthead and then they said let's go ahead and put spaceships on these things and bury them in the land of Ur so anyway I was sitting at the wing house which has since burned down one of my favorite wing places and I was having a pitcher of beer and um, my phone rings And the person on the other end of the phone says, hello, um, uh, John, is this you? And I said, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I said, th- he says, this is Steve Quayle. And I just about lost it because, <laughs> of course, you know, being who I was back then and knowing nothing, uh, you know, or next to nothing, um, I was like, you know, he was like, a, a, you know, a folk star hero to me, you know. And so I was like, I'm talking to Steve Quayle. We're having a conversation. Okay. And then he says to me, You have written an article on your website known as Aliens, Demons, Nephilim, Time Travel, and God, and I would like uh, author position – he wanted permission. Okay, in other words, editorial permission, copyright permission to take that article and inject the information in that article into some of his books. And I said, yeah, (laughs) have at it. And he goes, thank you very much. And as as a kind gift, he sent me a box of uh, his books. Okay, which I have on the shelf right behind me to the right. All right. But it didn't stop there. Oh, no, 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 no. It kept getting more and more and more and more and more. Next, out of the clear blue sky, once again, I'm over at the wing house because I'm, you know, I'm by myself. I'm bored. I don't have anything else to do. And at least over there, the waitresses will talk to you. And I wasn't lusting after them or doing anything. I was just sitting there having a beer, eating some wings. And, and, and I, it was nice to have somebody come over to the table and say hello. And, hey, yeah, I'm going to school for dental college and everything like that. You know, I was never into Googling over women. I was never like that. Even when I was in sin, I wasn't like that. Suddenly, my phone rings. I don't even know how he got my number. They're Jerry Lee. And I was like, because I had already heard about Dr. Jerry Lee. I had already heard about him through Ken Klein, who had done um, a couple of, uh, he had done some DVDs. One of them was called The Lucifer Code, and the other one was called, um, oh gosh, what was it? Something like, um, Dark Angels or something along that line. But Ken Klein – now, Jerry Lee, Dr. Jerry Lee was the originator of the information. Ken, uh, doc, uh, Pastor Klein 
took the information and they made DVDs off of them, which were very, very good, and I still have those somewhere in the gazillions of DVDs that I have. Uh, finding them would be an incredible chore. It'd probably take a team of, you know, who knows, a platoon of you know, soldiers. But anyway, um, I, I, my phone rang. It's Dr. Jerry Lee. What's that all about? How did he get my number? I was flipping out. I was like, this is Jerry Lee. He's like, he goes, oh, yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. This is Dr. Jerry Lee. He goes, I'm, I'm really pleased to make your acquaintance. And I was like, he's calling me from Alberta, Canada, Edmonton or whatever it is, Edmond, whatever. Okay. And he's calling me. And, and, and anyway, Dr. Jerry Lee and myself had probably over 100 hours of discussions on the phone. This guy was a Hebrew scholar on a level that makes other Hebrew scholars look utterly incompetent. And he could show you where the alien ships and beings were all over the Bible. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is a jackpot for me. Remember the bot deck coincidence, right? But it wasn't a coincidence. So... I'm going to read you an excerpt because the Lord let me find this in the book. Hold on a second. I've got to turn on the light. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Get, get, get it brighter in here. All right. So this is a book, The Seven Sun Thunder Speak, Manifest Chronicles Before Genesis. Most of this stuff is unintelligible because Jerry, he was taken on a journey into a time space realm that is beyond most human understanding. Now, you can read it, but good luck trying to figure it out. All right. Now, all that stuff being said, I'm going to read you uh, an excerpt from this book. When the day of space age is fully open, then the truth will be believed. A prophecy of uh, uh, Jeboah says, as mankind looks into space, he'll see his own uh, face. These are the, quote, other sheep spoken of in the Bible, John 10, 16, and Isaiah 56, verse 8. Arctura is the far country, Mark 12, verse 1, Mark 13, 34, Matthew 25, 14, Luke 20, verse 9, Hebrews 11, 14 through 16. The Arcturians, who are progeny of Enoch, sometimes called watchers, you remember the holy watchers in the book of Daniel. I saw a watcher, a holy one. Have visited the earth many times, Jeremiah 4, verse 16. Okay, remember, you've got to be a Hebrew scholar to be able to pick up on these things. And he does. He, he looked right at the Hebrew and he deciphered it. And uh, anyway, so, so when you go on the journey, it, it's hard because you really need his help. He goes on to say, however, not all references to watchers refer to the Arcturians. Ad additionally, there are the cherubim guardians who are the good watchers, Matthew 18.10. He says, and there are the mantis, M-A-N-T-I-S, mantis watchers. See, Revelation chapter 9, verse 3, which is talking about the locust, who are creations of the convoluted side. These mantis creations of convolution, that is Satan or Lucifer, are located in deep space and fly in spacecraft called Zams. 
The Arcturians are described in Psalm 68, 17 through 18. These verses speak of their chariots, which are ziths, Z-Z-I-T-H-S, and their occupants, the Shinons, or as I call them, the Shinians use a special term which was translated to angel in the King James Version. See Strong's Hebrew Dictionary 8136. The cherubim also used ziths. These are spaceships. Psalm 1810. Understand that also there is a spiritual, please pay attention closely, spiritual infinity. There is also a physical infinity. The cherubim and the seraphim also have physical bodies, as do all messengers, all angel beings, while missions are in the physical infinity. Okay, are you understanding it? In other words, when they're working in the physical realm, they have bodies. When they're working in the physical realm, they have spaceships. Okay, they need it to protect them from the cold, dark space. Space will cause, they have, they can't. But when they're in the spiritual realm, it's a whole different story. When they are in the, when they are in the part of the universe, which Howard Storm was talking about, where there is no sin, the glorified realms of the heavens. Okay, when they're in that location, guess what? The, they, 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 they're 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 in glor- they're in a glorified part of the universes, but that doesn't mean that they can't move in and out of the spiritual realm and in and out of the physical realm. It just means that when they when it rains on a planet, they need an umbrella, and an umbrella is a technology. It's just that simple. It's not so hard, and it's right here in this book. I did not learn this from him. I did. He did not tell me this. I just read it in his book. It says, when a spirit-like appearance or or apparition-like appearance is made, it is often a phototransition. However, when an actual physical appearance is made, it is a phototranslation. Okay. All right. And, of course, if you read... If anybody pays attention to what they're reading in in, uh, chapter 9 of uh, the book of Revelation, you will notice that uh, the angel opens up the bottom of the pit. The smoke comes out of the pit, and then it goes up. It says in the text, it says it goes up, and it covers the sun, and it covers, and it's in the sky. So now the smoke is over the top of the sun and up in the sky. And then it says, through the smoke come the locusts. Well, where's the smoke? It's in the sky. They're coming from outer space for crying out loud. Why does everybody think they're coming out of the pit? They're not. So I wanted to read you that little excerpt from that uh, from that book because it was pretty eye-opening. Yeah, the time I spent with Dr. Jerry Lee, I was very sad when he passed away. He wanted me to come up to Edmund uh, and hang out with him. But I thought, <laughs> dude, I got a job. I got to pay a mortgage. So anyway... Um, then, of course, I ran into the book, Phyllis Schlemmer's book, entitled The Only Planet of Choice. Now, I have probably more than 100 books on just the alien phenomenon. And I can tell you as a fact, just like our storm told you, there are trillions of life forms all over the universe, and there is a glorified realm where there is no sin. And Jesus just visits the planets and says, I and how's it going, which is what we're going to be doing when we are ruling and reigning with him. All right. And then, but Phyllis Schlimmer was what you call a channeler. Now, of course, 99.9% of Christians out there would go, oh my gosh, he's talking about a channeler. Oh my God, he's from the, oh, it's of the devil. Run for your lives. Run for your lives. Folks, 
The only difference between, quote, channeling and prophesying, it's both the same thing. Except one, they're talking to through, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, Oh, I don't know what the term is, uh, but the, but the, it's it's uh, tele, telepathic communications. That's what I was looking for. Through telepathic communications, they are able to communicate with who? The other side, the dark side. What's the difference between that, other than who you're talking to, and prophesying? What? It's terminology. It's terminology and who you're talking to. Okay? Uh, so anyway, I'm not saying it's good, bad, ugly, or indifferent, but I will tell you this. When I was flipping through the book, oh, the only planet of choice, why would it be that way? What's so important about planet Earth that there's trillions of life forms out there? Why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Because he was coming to get us back. He was coming to get us back. We were involved in the original Luciferian rebellion. Okay, we I, you know, were sons of God. As it says in Psalms 82, it says, and this is our father talking, it says, I said that you are gods. Just like Jesus said in John 10, 34, he said, have I not said in your law that ye are gods and children of the most high? Well, it says right here in Psalm 82, it says, I said you are gods and all of you are children of the most high. What are children of the most high? They are sons of God. Wait a minute. Sons of Arcturus. Sons of Arcturus. What are they? Those are also sons of God. Wait a minute. Who's Lucifer? He's the, the greatest created being of all time. He was not begotten of the Father. He did not split from the, from the Godhead energy and become another uh, uh, being essentially, uh, part of the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they are all part, they are all one, they are all separate. They are all part of the same creator, uh, Godhead energy, but not, not Lucifer. Lucifer was created, which means he was a son of God before he fell. It says right here, I said ye are gods, but you are all children, sons of God, children of the Most High, but you shall die like men. Wait a minute. How in the world can a minor god die like a man? The minor god has to be judged by God and has to incarnate into a human body. That's what babies are. It's the same thing that happened to Adam in Genesis 2, verse 7, where the first appearance of our Heavenly Father shows up. All the references to the Elohim in Genesis 1 have nothing to do with our Heavenly Father. Believe it or not, those were creator gods. Just like Jesus heals the sick through his people. In the name of Jesus, I command you to rise up and be healed. That is the power of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ moving through us. Everything is Jesus. But we are conduits of that power. Through the commanding of the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can cast out demons and, 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 and raise people from the dead. In, de in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Well, guess what? That same paradigm exists across all of creation. Our Heavenly Father plants the heavens. It says so in the Bible. I plant the heavens. I forget where it is. You got that on it. But here's the thing. These are creator gods. They have jobs. Some of them create plants. Some of them create animals. Okay, that's the man and woman creature in Genesis 1. Think Neanderthal man, Cro-Magnon man. They didn't have the ability to plant. They couldn't create gardens. They couldn't talk to one another. No wonder Enki was happy when he found civilized man. They can talk. They can grow things. They're intelligent. 
he stumbled across the Edemic bloodline. All right. <clears throat> so anyway, then that Phyllis Schlimmer was telepathically communicating with these entities that identified themselves as the Council of Nine. There were nine gemstones in the ephod of Lucifer. All right. I can't give you the scriptures, but you can you can go you can look up uh Dr. Luganbill. Just type in Luganbill, um uh the Satanic Rebellion. Luganbill, Satanic Rebellion, and you'll be busy hunting through the Bible until Jesus comes. Tried to get him on the show, but he said I'm not much for radio shows. Thank you very much and turned us down. All right, anyway. <clears throat> Turns out that Gene Roddenberry was in the room with Phyllis Schlimmer while she was talking to the Council of Nine. While they were out there in their spaceship. What was Gene Roddenberry doing there? The creator of Star Trek. He's getting information for his TV series. Straight from the horse's mouth. Well, what do you know? And you might say, oh, they're filthy demonic liars. Really? Is that right? Is that what you think? For one thing, if you're going to lie, 99.999% of it better be the truth. And it always is. It's that 0.001% you got to watch out for. Gene Roddenberry based those episodes on information that he got through Phyllis Schlemmer talking to the Council of Nine who were fallen angels. They, who better to talk to to find out what happens in the universe? Warp speed. The Lord God bows, bows the heavens. Come on. It doesn't get any better than that. So anyway, it wasn't like I sat there and read every single word of the book. I just wanted to find out the connection. And there I, I that was good enough for me that I knew. I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew. I knew that we are the generation. Think about it. The only people, the Christians that are alive today... We're the Star Trek generation. We're the faster than light speed generation. We're the Battlestar Galactica generation. We are the Star Wars generation. These are, this is how the universes are laid out. When the wars in the heavens occurred with Lucifer, when it says that he jumped from star, uh, I'm sorry, from uh, burning, um, ah, Burning light to burning light or something like that. It's from star to star to star. He was traveling across the universes. That's what that actually means. Okay, ball of fire or whatever. I forget exactly where. But again, get the Luganville stuff. It covers it very detailed. What about Bill Cooper? Part of the United States Navy military intelligence. He got a hold of all of the information associated with with uh, alien spacecraft and everything else under the sun. Okay, he was privy to all this stuff. He knew what was going on. He got killed and murdered for it, just like uh, 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 just like um, uh, uh, Nabbit, um Phil Schneider. Go on uh, Netflix dot com and search for. Um, Underground is the name of the movie or documentary. It's called Underground, the director's cut. It is a chronology of the of the Dulce Wars and what happened to Phil Schneider. It is extremely credible. It's more than extremely credible. It's a fact. Because I've studied these things for years and years and years, and I know as a fact that they're correct. Because you can't too much information, too many disparate sources, 
unbelievable. It's facts. Deep underground military bases, the Denver airport, the horse of the apocalypse, the Obama. Obama is speaking in the Denver Broncos stadium right beside the horse of the apocalypse at his first inaugural speech inside the Temple of Zeus. It is a mock-up of the Temple of Zeus, but everybody forgets that conveniently. They also forget that he uh, was the only president of the United States that was given a grand tour of the pyramids. He is the Antichrist. You've got, um, of course, the Disclosure Project. I've got all the DVDs and all the testimonies of military people and stuff that that saw what they saw. Um, Don't get me going on the ancient aliens. Look, their their conclusions are incorrect, but their facts and figures and the the things that they're talking about and the the anomalies on the earth and all this other stuff that are there that are indisputable. Uh, Mohenjo-Daro, you know, uh, oh, my gosh, the Aztecs, all this stuff, you know, it's it's all otherworldly. We, we don't have the technology to make the pyramids. They've already proven it's not possible. Don't get me going on the 150-ton stones in Pumapunku that are cut to precision, laser precision. Cannot be done today. We do not have the equipment to do it, and if we wanted to, we couldn't do it anyways. What about the movie Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind, which ties uh, the whole thing, the, the uh, alien phenomenon, into the demonic realm to some degree with the grades, okay, and all that kind of stuff. All right, that was pretty creepy. Well, then I did some homework on that and uh, because when I walked out of the theater, the first thing I did, was because I was already studying this stuff, is I went home and I started looking. I knew how to manipulate the Internet quite well because I – that's what I do for a living. And I, I went in and I used uh, you know Google hacks and all kinds of things, and I did some research, and I found some live newspapers that were still available in the archives out on the Internet that talked about the police officers that saw the spaceship above the lady's house when the little girl was taken out the roof. I found the actual articles of the police testimonies live on the Internet. Now, granted, about a year later, they happened to mysteriously disappear. And isn't it fascinating in the storyline of uh, uh, Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind? And by the way, all of the people in the movie, they are all real people. I have gotten books from uh, several of them. They are amazing stories. Uh, I forget the name of the one doctor lady. Uh, It's very sad. She ended up dying of cancer. A lot of them do. But anyway, um, very – so when they got the tapes in the movie, which was really a documentary – It wasn't fiction. I can tell you that. When they got those tapes and they had the experts listen to the the stuff that was on the tapes that they picked up accidentally in the room, when they ran it past the expert, the expert goes, that is ancient Sumerian. Look, if you're not getting a chill down your spine, you're not paying attention. Pastor Downing was on the show. He wrote a book called UFOs in the Bible. Don't get me going on Montauk. I already told you about the serious mystery and the Dogon in Mali, West Africa, and them being able to see Sirius A, B, and C, even before the telescopes were able to see it. It's impossible. Um, What about the Vatican? 
How come the Pope comes out on Sol Invictus at, pre- at the very precise moment, and he waves to the crowd across all the satanic symbolism and the obelisks and everything else? And they're all cheering, yay, Pope, we follow you, you're the vicar, you're the replacement for Jesus. That's what vicar means, replacement. He isn't waving at the crowd. He's waving at the Pleiades in serious star systems because he's waving at precisely the moment of time that they are coming over the horizon due to the tilt of the earth. He's waving to their gods. He's wa- well, Look, in the Holy Bible, why is it under King Jeroboam and several other places and kings and all that kind of stuff, they went up on the top of their, 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 their houses and they, and they gave a, you know, a, a various offerings of incense and, and such, uh, and they were doing it to the hosts of heaven. The normal... Uh, Bible person would just go, oh, the hosts of heaven, you know, those are just planets. No, they're not. They're hosts. Yea, saith the Lord of hosts, host bodies, host bodies. Please, in the name of Jesus, get yourself a copy of the of the movie Starman with Jeff Bridges, and it will show you in that movie what are the energy orbs, what happens when a spaceship is downed, um, what happens when one of these entities pulls out a piece of hair and turns it into a fit extension is what Tom Horn calls it, a fit extension. Well, that's, I don't need that. I don't even need that term fit extension. Forget about it. Just watch the movie Starman. Problem solved. It's game over at that point. You know exactly what you need to know. God has prophetically injected all this information into the movies. He has prophetically injected all the things that are going to happen in the future into the movies. Don't even get me going. Oh, and by the way, we added a whole lot of new uh, apocalyptic movies to the list. Uh, West Coast Walter was very kind, and he grabbed a whole boatload of them and sent them over, and I added them to the list. So if you go to prophetic movies on tribulation-now.org, you'll be busy. Um, Now I'm going to take the last 10 minutes and share with you some things that are impossible. Please remember, now you have to use your King James in this case. I have no allegiance to any one particular translation. I think they are all pathetic. Okay, that being said, you can't translate Hebrew into English. Sorry, it is not possible. It is impossible. And any Hebrew scholar worth their salt will tell you that is a fact. The other thing is you can't do that with Greek. And the proof positive on that, and boy, oh boy, is that a fact, is uh, just the word love. In the, word, in the Greek language, the word love has five separate words with all completely distinct meanings. But in English, it's just one word. See, in Greek, you can say, I love my spaghetti. But if you tell your wife you like her or love her like spaghetti, she's going to get out a cast iron frying pan and chase you around the house. And then you're going to be like me when the Lord is chasing me, and and all you're going to hear is this sound. Ow! So 
I was turned on to this book. I believe it was by the Lord. As a matter of fact, I have no doubt in my mind that the Lord wanted me to have this book. And I'll tell you why. Here's why. Because I bought it off of Amazon for thirty nine ninety five as a live book currently in print. Less than a couple of months later, it was no longer in print. I had people from other radio shows begging me to take it over to Kinko's and have it made, uh, copies made of it. And I said, I can't do that. That'll be in violation of the law. It's a copyright infringement. And they got mad at me and called me mean names. And they were a lot meaner than mean. Now, the name of the book is UFOs, Aliens, Impregnated Women, Extraterrestrials, and God, Sex with Reptilians, Aliens, Motherhood in the Bible, Abductions, and Hybrids by Maximilian de Lafayette. It is a masterpiece. Now, what did he do? Well, he now I'm not saying that every single conclusion that he has in his book is ex- exactly accurate, but I believe every word of this book that has anything and everything to do with the alien species that he was identifying and cataloging. Why don't we take a quick look? Oh, and by the way, let's hit a couple so we don't run out of time before I share some of the other stuff. Remember? Now, you can remember, uh, what is it called? Uh, is, it, is it something Galactica? There's a series, a TV series of Galactica, and they go and they travel, and there's these strange creatures, and they, and they go to this other planet through some kind of a wormhole or whatever, and there's these, like, Egyptian-looking alien beings. Oh. That's fascinating because here Mr. Lafayette had traveled around the world and met with people who had claimed that they had met alien beings or had traveled on spaceships or, um, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, and he, and he had long conversations with him. He collected notes. He came back. He correlated all the notes, and then he linked it back to the Bible. It was absolutely a masterpiece. The book right now, if you find it, you'll be lucky to get it for under $700. You'll be very, very blessed to get it for under $700. The serious beings, it says humans type C. It says very little is known about these. They are supposedly another uh, uh, another of the highly evolved spiritual type of great benevolent beings to earth humans. They're benevolent to earth humans. I understand that their appearance is similar to other human type aliens. They are from Sirius and they don't appear to be much involved with earth happenings at this time other than being considered uh, concerned about the fact that the greys and the reptilians are on the earth. (laughs) <laughs> and it goes on to say, there are other known human-type aliens of this more, quote, more highly spiritually evolved nature that are apparently aware of the situation on Earth and considering some possible course of action. These are from Arcturus. In the book of Job, it says, can you guide the sons of Arcturus? Our father is warning you. You can't. I can't because they're sons of God. There are there is an untold number of species of aliens that are that are that their their civilizations are located in the glorified part of the universe, which encircles the Milky Way galaxy, where the where the quantum physics um, uh, uh, hologram, the containment zone is where we are now. Now listen to this. Here's another one. It says uh, non-Earth-born humans, group type A, 
They look like Egyptian royalty. This group consists of three peoples from the distinct colony zones named Sirius, Pleiades. Now, remember when it's talking about Sirius and Pleiades and Orion, these are star systems. So just because the Masons have the Pleiades and stuff and, and they worship some of the beings, it doesn't mean that it's all of them. They are specifically interested in those who they see as their gods. But that doesn't mean that there aren't other beings there in that. We're talking about look at the Milky Way galaxy and how big it is. That's what I'm trying to impress upon you. They may not be within light years of one another. And these particular ones, it says that um, it says uh, they are approximately seven feet in height, females six and a half feet. They are extremely fine-featured, pale in complexion. Eyes are almond-shaped, slightly slanted with a natural black eyeliner, much like the renderings of the ancient Egyptian royalty. How about... Oh, it goes on about the Dracos, Draco reptilians, soulless beings, fallen angelics. We know that they're fallen uh, seraphim. Holy, holy, holy is Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Syrians, Leviathans, Moon Eyes, Iguanas, Oliverians, Umites, Hybrids, Eccles, Nakim, Greys, Rebrids, Hubrids, Hybrids, the Dwarfin. The Dwarfin. I've brought that up many times. I don't have time tonight. What I really want to hit is this. Ready to get your mind blown? Remember that also in the Book of Job, our Heavenly Father said, can you loose the belts of Orion? Can you loose the belts of Orion? Gee, Let's read about the Orions. Some claim that negative entities have been associated with some other stars in the Orion constellation. Remember, these are light, ways, light years apart. It says, other sources, other sources claim that the Orion Nebula is a cosmic doorway to infinity or the realm of the creator, which transcends the time, space, matter, universe, the hologram that we're in right now, understand? Which is in fact surrounded by a, the physical universe, which is the glorified realm. It's the glorified realm where planet heaven is and where all the sinless beings are in trillions of galaxies, which we're going to rule and reign over with Jesus. Don't even get me going on the other universes. Ruh-roh. And the dimensions, look out. Look what it says. Some astronomers claim that a huge, beautifully illuminated, multicolored light has emerged from the nebula as on an intercept course with Earth. Could this have something to do with Revelation 21? In other words, it, it, it goes on and speculates, and it talks about the war in the heavens with Michael and the dragon and dragon and the Michael, and they fought in Revelation chapter 12. This is amazing. It talks about this, this, this Orion Nebula cosmic doorway to the infinity realm of the creator that transcends time, space, matter, universe, which is where we are in our hologram. It talks about it, and it says, it, um, it, it, it says uh, that uh, this, okay, I got it. It's a, it calls it the eternity gate. I just wanted to bring that up. I had to skim a little bit through some of the stuff. Oh, this is this is amazing. You know what it says in First Peter two nine? 
are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that were called out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. You are a royal priesthood. I'm going to say it again. You are a royal priesthood. Right now, right now, you are a royal priesthood. Now, according to Robert Vandrius Mitchell, this particular guy, his name is, um, uh, uh, I'm hunting, hunting, hunting through the text, a lot of text, uh, Alex Collier, who wrote a book known as, um, uh, oh gosh, I don't have it handy here, um, Oh, uh, protecting sacred ground. He, his implication was that Earth is sacred ground. Now, you got to understand that there's going to be losses in translation, losses of understanding. But let me just read this little piece, and then the show's going to close on us. Alex Collier explains in the book Protecting Sacred Ground that we, the human race, or the Adamic bloodline, are a product of extraterrestrial, that's simply otherworldly, it has to do with God and the heavens and the eternal realm, extraterrestrial genetic manipulation, and are the possessors of a vast gene pool consisting of many different racial memory banks, also consisting of at least 22 different races. Where did God get what he got to make Adam and, and he the dust of the earth? Hello, is anybody paying attention to dust of the earth? The earth's been here for millions of years. It's been a way station for untold numbers of alien civilizations. But then it says the most amazing thing. It says because of our genetic heritage and because we are spirit, the, the benevolent extraterrestrial races actually view us as being royalty in the universe of beings. Jury dismissed. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We barely made it. We're down to 10 seconds. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We praise your holy name. I hope this helps you to just maybe get a teeny-weeny peek in how big all this is. All the CBDCs and all that stuff, forget about it. It's going to be over before you know it. Pray always to be found worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand right before Jesus at the wedding supper. Luke 21, 36, in Jesus' name. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us tonight. We will see you at Friday night, 7 p.m., for the prayer vigil, Lord willing.
I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory. <laughs> 